Hello there, welcome to episode number 32 of Chew Cult Pop. It's the broadest, the most obnoxious, most popular pop rock, metal, punk, hip-hop, hardcore, uh, EDM, whatever you want to call music podcasts on the planet. It's me, Stephen Hill. Coming up on this week's show, are we scolding hot or lukewarm on hard, cold fire by therapy? Have the National created a monster? We review their latest album, First Two Pages of Frankenstein. Everything but the girl, like the fuse on their first studio album in 24 years. We'll be giving you our verdict on that. Will heads roll or are we moved by the latest Cattle Decapitation album? and we get lost in the latest release from the Pet Shop Boys. I also went to see Duran Duran twice. Was it the greatest show on planet Earth or did I have a gag reflex? Um, We'll find out in a little bit. And joining me as ever, I'm here with friend of the show, the show being me, of course, and my friend, essentially my friend and therefore yours as well. Track, he's number one. Side, he's number one. Friend, he's now number one as well. Number one, the number one guy it's Mr. Gaz Jones from the Track One Side One podcast. How you doing, Gaz? Wow, I thought I was in the, like the Sky Sports studio there for a second. That was fucking. Um, <laughs> that was unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. I saw you um, cover um, cover your mouth and your eyes at various yeah. points during that intro. So yeah, that you was know. Uh, that was that was pure poetry. You definitely weren't reading that off an auto cue, were you? I, well, I, it's not an auto key. It's my brand new laptop, as we've just been yeah, discussing. Yeah. Got a new laptop, everyone. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Chewcock Pop if you want to help me out with a laptop. I did, uh, it's a little, this is a little aside, I reckon, guys, because I'm going to say, how mm. are you? But um, I went on your podcast, number 50. We recorded uh, track one side one, number 50, the other week. Didn't I? It was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time mm-hmm. until I knocked a glass of water over my Mac. And I've just been stung yeah. for, I'm not going to tell you how much, but quite a lot of money because I couldn't fix it. Mm. They're like, no, mate, we'll have the Mac. We'll recycle it, which means take it and not give you anything for it. But you go over there and we'll sell you a brand new Mac. I was like, you motherfuckers. So uh, mm. we'll do a big old Patreon sting in a minute. But anyway, I was on your show and we had a lovely time. How's it going? Uh well, yeah, f- um, yeah. Good evening, mate. Um, <laughs> Sorry, was- mate. That, that was an intense <laughs> yeah. way to bring that, you in. That wasn't was it? quite intense. Yeah, yeah. Skip to the ends. Uh, yeah. Good evening. Good night. Um, oh, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, absolute honour and a privilege to be invited back again. You know, it's lovely to be here. Nice one. Um, no yeah, it was. Um, yeah, th- thanks for um, you know basically coming on my podcast, um, which will be coming out soonish, um, to interview me. Uh, for the 50th episode. Mm. And uh, we got to chat about all things Kerrang-based. You'll never From guess. 93 to 97. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never... This is like one of them Buzz, BuzzFeed's thing. Gaz Jones picked five 90s albums. Mm. You'll never... And the results, you'll never guess what they were. Chances are, if you know Gaz, you probably mm. will know what they were. But regardless, yeah. mm. actually, I had a lovely time. Everything yeah. you picked was great. Um, it was, yeah, those it was songs a lovely old chat. Are wicked. I mean, we get into, we get right into the guts of uh, Terrorvision. And can I spoil it, or have I, or have I sort of spoiled spoil it? Some, no, you some can spoil it a little bit. We'll, we'll give a give a couple away. You know, the first Terra- is free. Terrorvision was one, and um, right, let's talk about. We had a, we had a lovely chat about feeder. We did, we did, and how much they mean to both of us, you know. And, yeah, uh, really love that band. 
So yeah, yeah. no, same man. I've got I've got just such such a huge huge soft spot for them. Um, as I go into, as we both get, go into and start spaffing off and making an awful mess <laughs> um, uh, during during our chat, um, I'm lost. I started editing it earlier, and um, yeah, it's it's, it's a good one. I mean, I did make, I I made a literal mess. I think you only made a kind of audio mess. I made an actual, literal fucking reservoir on my table. I mean, you know, yeah. as it turned out, you know, when you, you know, you you sort of had your laptop in your hand at the end end of our recording. And as it turned out, you spilt about 18 litres of water all over your laptop. It was like the end of (laughs) Superman, where Jimmy Olsen is hanging off the... Do you know what I mean? The 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 dam and all the water, and I was and I only had a quarter of a pint of water there, so I don't know where mm. that came from, but you know, more evidence built. that the world is just there to built to annoy me. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. what Thanks, I believe. Bill Gates, yet again. Yeah, that's what yep. that's what I believe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, mate, thanks for having us on. Uh, anything else you want to pimp out while My you're pleasure. on there before we get into it? Um, yeah, I mean, um. Like I said, yeah, we're, we're approaching like the fiftieth episode. We're on um, uh, episode forty-six. Uh, just came out last Friday with um, uh, the guest, which was the absolutely beautifully lush and awesome uh, Gabby Garbutt. She was like my my favourite musical discovery of last year. Just like perfect kind of indie pop, sass, soul, bangers, um, and yeah, she, she was lovely. Um, she picked yeah five first timers uh, again. We have a lovely old chat about Green Day, which was actually quite nice. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, up to a point, obviously. <laughs> yeah, always up to a point. Sorry, Green Day. I think. Yeah, yes. Sorry, Ian Winwood, but you are so fucking wrong about American Idiot. I did try, and it's still crap. Um, yeah, I'm not... Love you, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, look, um, you know the next sort of few guests, like, keeping with the '90s feel. Shocker. We've got um, we've got Adam Lee from China Drum. What a fucking legend. Um, we've got uh, Jason Perry uh, from That oh, There A. Real hero. Wonderful. To, to yeah. all of us, to all of humanity, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People of a certain vintage. Um, you know, Grammy Award winning producer, Jason Perry, I'll ha- hasten to add. Mm-hmm. And um, w- one I'm recording tomorrow, which I'm just like ridiculously super excited about. I'm going to be chatting to Ben Harding from Senseless Things, but more importantly, Ben Harding from fucking Three Colours Red. Yeah, we had a little chat about that, didn't we, the other day? You were delighted. I will definitely be checking that one out for sure. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, um, go and find track one, side one. Listen to it. Don't turn this off, obviously. Do prioritise True Cult Pop, clearly. But (laughs) sorry, but go and have a listen to Gaz's podcast. It's very good, and particularly if you're that that age, my age, basically, you'll you'll enjoy it. Uh, As I said, I am going to do the I am I'm going to do the plug patreon.com forward slash True Cult Pop if you want to sign up to our exclusive content. I put a thing up the other day, just me monologuing it. It's um, becoming less awkward uh, for me to just talk with no one else listening um, or responding. I should say, hopefully, a few people were listening. But I did a beginner's guide to post punk, which was. Something that I did, I did a feature for Louder, picked five albums from the history of post-punk, sort of talked about it, and then I did a kind of, I've been doing like a redux of that. Uh, so that's up. I really, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the post-punk one, mate. That was great. Oh, thank you. Thank really, you very really much, good. mate. Really Any, good. Anything you, you think yeah. I got disastrously wrong? Uh, no, I, th- I think you got more disastrously wrong in the hardcore one, but hey, 
you know. Oh, re- re- reading oh. the um, <laughs> opinions are like arseholes. Mm. <laughs> Yours like, is stinky. We're all arseholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so especially the cunts on the on the on the Metal Hammer Facebook page. What a lol! What a lol fest that was. Reading the comments, it's been a while. Love those guys. <laughs> love those love guys. Those. They're wonderful, yeah. aren't they? They They're know. Wonderful. So much more about music than anybody else. Mm. It's uh, quite incredible. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate that, mate. I'll go. I'll, I'll get your thoughts on the hardcore one. Go, but just quickly, go on. What's your, what's your beef with my hardcore picks? Uh, I just think you missed quite a bit out. I'll, personally, I'll, five I would have fucking put, albums. Five. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> what was I? What, what was I meant to leave out to get in the thing? And I know I left a lot out. I Farewell. I personally think. An 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s list would have, maybe not 2010s, but a, a, a per decade, because I did a 90s punk one for the thing. And I was like, oh, well, you're doing punk just for one decade. Treat hardcore with the same level of reverence. But they, you know, I, I don't make the rules. No. No, but I know, I know it's impossible. It's an absolutely kind of thankless fucking task. But I, I am enjoying your monologuing. Um, thank you it's quite nice like like listening to you in the van on a Saturday morning when I'm pottering about doing my deliveries it's like you're sat in the passenger seat it's like Stephen Hill's riding shotgun with me <laughs> like George nice. Ezra it's quite nice I'll be riding yeah. shot anyway um, but I'll tell you what the, the, no, the monologuing comes to an end for a week because this coming Saturday Sam's back we're doing option paralysis by the Dinner Plan as promised and um, if you sign up for the £5 a month tier we're going to bombard you with classic albums for a little while. Um, they're going to be coming fairly thick and fast. I'm going to be trying to put out as many as possible because I know I've been a bit kind of slack. What with you know Sam's situation and the fact that I got a bit ill, and I'm actually going on holiday to Cyprus in a couple of weeks, so there might not be a podcast for a week. I'm just letting you know. Um, but the next one we're going to do, and I'll be interested to know what you think about this, Gaz, as a Brit rock mm. aficionado. Mm. Permission to land by the darkness. Classic album, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a classic album. I it's, think so. You know, it, tr- try and name another debut album that's basically like a greatest hits. It's mm. fucking outrageous. It's fucking outrageous. And it's, 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 um, it's fucking 20, 20 years old this summer, that album. I remember seeing thinking. them at the first, at the first downloads, just, mm. I think has grown on me, just come out as a single. And, the buzz in that fucking field because they were on quite early doors on the Saturday um, and the buzz man I've I've never known a, a buzz like that kind of first half of 2003 leading up to Permission to Land coming out man it was kind of it was the last time I think that like a, a rock band got I mean, I'm sure you're going to go into all this. The way it kind of culminated a year afterwards with them headlining fucking Reading. That shit will never happen again. Can't it will never ever happen imagine. Again. Not, not in my what? lifetime. It was, it was really like, even my mum had, a, even my mum bought permission to land. They crossed over that much. Mm. It was so big. It got so big so quick. It was, I mean, it the, was fucking ridiculous. The only comparable artists in the musical world since then that I think have had a similar rise mm. would be someone like Billie Eilish. Yeah. Who yeah. went from you know midday or not mid middle of the day at Reading with yeah. one album out and loads of hype to yeah. like Glastonbury headliner? I mean, yeah. and actually, that's that happened over the course of 
you know, due to the pandemic, it's hard to say. But I mean, and maybe like, even maybe post Malone, like that happened pretty quick, didn't it? Mm. But that wasn't mm. the debut album. You know, it's not like he had just came from nowhere. Like the the shit that happened with Darkness, yeah, yeah. absolutely insane, insane. That that's you know the the story that kind of leads up to that, and um, yeah, it's fucking it's, it was fucking crazy. It was crazy, and it got so big. But it, but as 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 quickly as it got big, the way it kind of like that with literally a, 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 like within seconds. You know, I love that fuck. I love that second album, One Way Ticket. I think it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. It's a great yeah. album. You know, um, I think if they'd swapped a couple of the patchier songs for some of the songs they put on B sides, it would have been, it would have been another classic. But um, yeah, I, I have nothing but good memories from that. You know, summer of two thousand three, man. That first download is pretty special. Mm. You know, yeah, and, and the darkness were, were, were one of the best bands I saw that weekend, and that buzz was fucking. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I never I mean, thought in a million years that that album would get to number one. It's fucking. It's mad. Even now, I think about it, I'm just like, you know, Pyramid Stage crazy. at Glastonbury as well. I mean, God, look, we're gonna. We'll get yeah. into this. So anyway, there you yeah. go. I might get you on, mate, if you're about. If you and Sam, if you're around when Sam's around, then come on over. I'll be honoured, mate. I'll be. Yeah, honored. we'll have, we'll have maybe we'll get both of you on there. There you go. See, look, live planning ceo of podcasts this guy okay. um whatever anyway listen uh before we get on as i can say patreon.com forward slash true cop pop it is happening over there so if you'd like to go over do do that um what you've been listening to this week i'll tell you because i'm gonna save yours because it's very special mm. very special thing that you've picked mm. you picked something very special not that i haven't mm. but i tell you what i've been listening to this week it just came in my head i was chatting about it the other day me and my girlfriend having a conversation about the the best of the kind of early to mid 2000s R&B kind of mm. classic time. Mm. So I started going to clubs and stuff around that time, like just kind of basic ass clubs. And they'd be playing Justin Timberlake and Brandy and Let Me Blow Your Mind by Gwen mm. Stefani and Eve and stuff like that. And my girlfriend went, who's that person who did that song? That's just one thing. And I was like, oh my God. And I couldn't remember. Turns out it was Amory. I don't really know much else about Amory. Mm. I know this is the first single from her second album, Touch. One Thing, released on the 18th of January, 2005. And I was suddenly like, oh my lordy lord. I'd forgotten about this song. Mm. It same, is same. just an absolute fucking rager an inescapable rager like it is i think it is to pop music to like what master of puppets or to 2000s pop music what like master of puppets is to thrash metal like at that period it's like you've done it like you've completed it you can't really get much better than this it's such a great tune that's an absolute banger and um it was certainly inescapable at the time, I just remember that it was it was everywhere that song, Radio One and Radio Two. I'm sure. Um, it's it's yeah, that kind of golden era of that kind of tune because there were so many of them at the time. I'd I'd like to put um, oh fuck, who sung it? Who's, who sung American Boy? That was around uh, that sort of time, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it Take was, me to uh, the light. I want to see a day. Uh, I, I want to say Jamelia, but yeah, I want to say Jamelia, but it wasn't Jamelia. It, it, it was. It, it, it wasn't. She was English, wasn't she? I remember that. Yeah, it wasn't Jamelia. Her name was. I've got the name Jamelia and Jodeci either side of my brain, and it's somewhere in between that. Keep, I believe. 
I cannot keep, remember keep, who. Keep what, keep keep what her um, name was. keep padding, mate. It's definitely not Jodeci, and it's definitely not Jamelia either. It was. This is going to really it, fucking annoy me when I remember it. I want to remember it. You ready? Because I know it. Go on. Let's say let's say at the same time. Okay, three, two, one. Jodeci. Oh. Estelle. <laughs> Estelle. Oh yeah. Estelle. Oh no, that's a stinker. I got that bad. Yeah. Uh, what else did she do? Who yeah. Knows? But yeah, American World, that's it, a killer song. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And, and and obviously, you know, Beyonce and uh Yeah, man, it was yeah like you were saying, it was it was around that sort of time that I was I was going to clubs that was playing this kind of stuff. And I didn't really at the time I was a bit like, Ugh, oh, I hate this shit. But I didn't. And now, as I've spoken about many times you know, open those fucking windows, mate, because these are undeniable bulletproof fucking tunes. Mm-hmm. And when you sent this through to me, that this is what I've been listening to. I think you put like "You're welcome." <laughs> I did <laughs> your yeah. message. And I was like, mate, this has gone immediately on to because um, I'm um, I'm D- I'm DJing a very old friend of mine his wedding uh, next weekend. Uh, quite how I'm going to get to fucking London because of fucking train strike. I I got you know? that next. I got that uh, Merlin's wedding. Same thing. I've got the train strike whole weekend is in his wedding. So what awesome. is, is he getting married on the thirteenth as well? Then <laughs> he is. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Where where about where, where, is that in London as well? That London. That's Milton Keynes. Just out, it's in action. Oh, in that, Animal that Park Milton Keynes. Blimey. That, yeah, that so Milton Keynes. Is he getting married in the middle of a roundabout? <laughs> He's getting married in a zoo, actually, funny enough. I shouldn't be giving Fuck. him all this personal information of my friend away, really, but yeah. Well, what, Woburn? Well, I'm not going to say because, you know, uh, people, I don't, I, he might not want people to know, but. No, fair. I mean, fair. Fair. You can edit this out. It's all right. Is there any others? Oh, mate, is this if I'm going to edit? I can't be bothered to edit anything else. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. The DJ yeah, at a wedding. Um, yes. This, this has basically gone straight on to. The playlist, the long fucking playlist um, for that wedding, because not only am I DJing like the afternoon and the evening, um, I'm also DJing when uh, his, his his wife is a belly dancer. So there's like halfway through the evening, there's gonna be like a massive belly dancing thing going. I've wow. got to DJ that, which is gonna be amazing. But I'm also DJing the after party. Uh, they've been quite strict about what I'm gonna play like during like the evening doing stuff, mm-hmm. but like. Um, when it goes to the after party, that's when it goes west, and that's when I'm gonna drop this. Oh mate, oh, it, it'll go to, off. About, about half one. I think yeah, you're more than welcome, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna have to be a taxi. You ain't got no fucking train. <laughs> Can we get that like Super we, we Mario warp whistle <laughs> from Super Mario? We need the yeah. old Super Mario three Super yeah. Mario warp whistle. Yeah. Invent that. Invent that. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh mate, yeah. that'd be that's a perfect time for it. You half one in the morning at a wedding, yeah, yeah. everyone's drunk. That's, Bam, yeah. ba dum, ba dum, that break yeah, beat, those, go go rhythm. Oh my god! And I, you know, I, I guarantee they, you know, because majority of the wedding is is basically going to be um like it's it's hair metal. It, most okay. of the night is going to be hair metal, you know, be that you know you Cinderella, ACDC, all that kind of stuff, which is which is great. That's fucking bread and butter to me. It's going to be great fun. But yeah, um, by the time it gets to like the yeah the the after party, I've never I don't think I've ever been to a wedding where there's been an after party. The after party's usually been in like one of the hotel rooms. Yeah. This is like a full on fucking different across the road from where the evening do is. We then go into I think it's it might be at the crypt. 
Ooh. The Crips? No, not the Crips. See, it's it's oh, somewhere nice. fucking gothy. Right. <laughs> oh, even um, better for this song. Quality. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, I'm gonna drop this. I'm gonna choose wisely when I drop it. Maybe after Limp Biscuit or something like that. It's just such a fucking banger. I mean, yeah, yeah you know, I mentioned all those banger. things. I think this is the this is the gold tier. I mean, so it got to number four on the UK singles chart, number eight on the US Billboard chart. I thought it was number Dave... one. No, no, apparently not. Apparently not. Um, Dave Grohl loves it. Apparently, they did a thing about guilty pleasures on something once. Dave Grohl picked it as his guilty pleasure, although he shouldn't feel guilty about it. Um, no, it's not such a thing as a guilty pleasure. No, and. It was named as the 22nd best song of the decade by Rolling Stone. Wow. And I'm I'm hoping you know this this person. The 25th best song of the decade, as awarded by Robert Christogu, who's someone we speak about quite a lot. (laughs) Your your best mate. (laughs) Nemesis, Robert Christogu. Likes a good song. I can't believe it. Fucking um, shocker. I'm glad I'm sat down. A stop the clock. A stop the clock, guys. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just such a fucking killer song. I hadn't heard it for ages. Mm. I put it on. I can't stop listening to it. It's just such so, an absolute rager. It's one of those legit ones. You know, you go, what's been in your head? And it's like, this legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. It's, in, it's in there now. And the only thing, I think, yeah. that could get it out would be your pick. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk us Do you want to talk us through it? Yeah, well, look, look, I mean, Obviously, I've been talk- talking about this wedding that I'm I'm DJing uh, in a couple of well, you know, a couple of weeks time, a couple of week. Well, no, just over a week actually. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, collating loads of songs, and like I say, you know, the 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 evening do is quite sort of strictly kind of playlisted. This is what I want to play, and that's all. That's all good, man. You know, um, they said you know once it gets to the after 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 party, that's when it can go west. You can play whatever the fuck you want, and I was like, right. Can you play Go what West? What would I? That's the main thing. Oh, can you can you play Go West? What was in King of Wish? You were thinking? Yeah, big time. Yeah, I mean, call yeah, me or, uh, or um, we close our eyes. We close our eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just like, do you know what? I'd fucking love to have a right old eighties sesh, like good eighties sesh, and stuff mm-hmm. you don't really hear as often, you know, uh, as like the biggins and stuff. Um, and I was like. Do you know what? Because I, I, anyone that knows me knows my absolute fucking unconditional love for a Mr. Andrew Roachford, a.k.a. Roachford. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, I, I still remember clear as day this being, this coming on top of the pops, like summer of 88 or 89, 89, I think. It was around the time of like the living years, Mike and the Mechanics. Yeah. May 1988 um, it came out. May 88, okay. Was that originally? Because I think it was re-released. It wasn't a hit first time around. Then it got re-released and it went top 10. Oh, you've... you've, uh, you've, uh, you've... I don't know. Stop getting a Roachford wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, I always loved this. I just remember him clear as day, you know, with his Canadian tuxedo, fucking dripping in double denim. It was wonderful. Um, Just quickly. On top of the pops. yeah. It was re-released in January 1989, and that's when it became a hit. There you go. That's when there it became a top right. 10 well smasher. Done. There you go. I'm sure it was the same time as like when Living Years by Mike and Mechanics was at mm. number two. I'm sure it was around that sort of time. Um, and and uh, Suddenly by Angry Anderson. Banger. Um, oh, <laughs> you're pulling out fucking some tune, mate. fucking legendary yeah. calls here, Gaz. This is, a, yeah. this oh, is excellent. Mate. 
Uh, but uh, 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 there's something about Cuddly Toy. At the time, I was I was, t- I was about nine or ten. I just turned ten when it came out, when it was a hit. And I just remember it. Um, that it it's all about, like, when that synth line kicks in. Dum, da, 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 and it's still just... Just conjures up all these memories of being like ten years old and like and you know and just being at junior school and having the best fucking time and and it, it was only kind of when I got older and I started hearing more Roachford stuff because he'd always be on top of the pops like I remember like Family Man and like Get Ready uh, only to be with you from nineteen ninety four what a fucking banging tune that is what a beautiful ballad that is uh, this generation from ninety four I remember being on Jules Holland in like. I don't know, 96, 97. Always fucking loved him. And it would always be one of those songs that I'd always be like... It was always kind of there in the back of my mind. Always. Um, and and it was it was only from kind of... I don't know, going to see the Alan Partridge film in... Oh, <laughs> whenever that was. 2014, 2015, something like that. I think it's 2011. Out, it was a bit earlier than that. Was yeah. it? Fucking hell. Uh, Alpha Papa and and obviously you know the opening scene when he gets in the car and the whole fucking no fog I, I just I just remember everyone in, in the cinema we're all the same sort of age and we all remembered that song and it was you know singing along there, oh my joy it's my curly tie waiting for me no fog no fog no your fog. fog lights are on no fog and I do that now even when it comes on in the van now I deliberately like overtake someone and I just shout at them out of the window. Your fog lights are on. Your fog lights are no fog. <laughs> Very like, yeah, good. No fog. <laughs> and I still do it now. And I, this song sounds so good, like hellishly loud. If it, it was that glorious, I do genuinely think that kind of 88, 89, some of the greatest pop songs ever released came out around that sort of time. And I, st- I d- I'll darn that hell. It was just an absolute golden era. The tail end of the 80s was amazing for pop, fucking amazing for pop music. Um, and like collating songs for my friend's wedding and stuff. And I was just like, okay, what 80s songs? And I was like, I c- another one I can't wait to drop. And it, another one I, I can't wait to like, you know, drop it like about two, half two in the fucking morning. <laughs> Um, is Wilson Phillips fucking hold um, hold oh, on for one more day? Great oh, tune, mate. You know, this could bring the fucking house down, but that might actually be the last song I play. Actually, that could do it. Boom, house lights on. You know, yeah. Um, but, uh, that was kind of like in, in in the mix for you know what my earworm of the week was. But yeah, it had to be it had to be cuddly toy because I do generally think right if Rochester was American, he would have been legit fucking huge huge worldwide star he oozes so much fucking charisma you know and like i mean he, he's just come off like tall recently i mean he's singing for like mike and the mechanics i think i think these days as well oh, really as oh, well yeah. as doing this yeah yeah because apparently when you go and see mike and the mechanics they do mike and the mechanics stuff they do genesis stuff and roachford solo stuff what a fucking night out that'd be well, that sounds like a pretty good night out to me. I mean, yeah, mate, right. yeah, this is this is a fucking banger. I mean, again, funnily enough, yeah. much like Amory, number four yeah. in the UK, yeah, but number twenty-five yeah. on the US Billboard chart, only number twenty-five. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you're right. Mad. If he was American, um, yeah. it's a bit like 
it's not actually i was gonna say it's a bit like terence Trent derby who actually is american but only really kind yeah. of he kind of hit it big in america as well and then just kind of went crazy but that's one like 987 yeah. the hard you know the, the hard line according to terence Trent derby hard line according to oh if you let me stay oh fucking brilliant record and yeah but yeah, mate this is one. just like like you say everything about this is like kind of mor pop rock mainstream yeah. 80s yeah. decadent gloriousness it is yeah. fucking brilliant mm. like it sounds a bit like the Hollyoaks theme music as well. That down out. I don't know. It's got a bit of that in there as well. Brilliant. But I love how it's, it, like every part of the song, it just goes up a notch, goes up another notch. Like, 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 like you, uh, I told you three times, dan, dan, dan. It's, it's just like the three fucking keyboard stabs. And then he goes like, and he does that fucking James Brown he fucking does, howl yeah. at the end. It's like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's it, so good. It's wicked this song i mean i'm mm. sure you listening if you don't know this song 2013 actually alpha papa well so you were closer than me so i've just checked it that is oh. a, a, a live um that's uh, still fucking apology. 10 years ago though it, it's, it's 10 Jesus years ago now, yeah. but yeah like i remember seeing that and being like oh. and it's funny because they sort of take the piss out of the song like the guy the danny what you know whatever his name is like oh it's roachford for alan partridge yeah. and i was sort of sitting there and i was going oh but it's such a good like, it's such a yeah. good song, you know. Yeah. If you don't know what it is, it's a "Cause you gotta feel for me, baby." Give us some love for me, baby. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know it. You definitely know you it. Know it. You know it. You fucking know it. Everyone knows this song. It's brilliant. Yeah, mate. Yeah. This is this is a fucking all timer. This is yeah. another yeah. like when I came on your podcast the first time and we were talking about Buffalo Stance and we basically just went about yeah. Buffalo Stance for like forty minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's we don't have time. It's a- we don't it's have time same, to do that, it, but yeah, same oh. fucking level as that, man. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> right. I, I, this, this is like as good as this particular type of music gets, and yeah. I don't yeah. care what you're into. I think no. you would be hard pressed to turn around and tell me that you don't get some level of enjoyment from this song. Yeah. I would yeah. find that a bit odd. Yeah. I've got to be honest. Yeah. It's a bit like what I say about like Motown and stuff. I yeah. would actually think if you put all your reservations to one side and you mm. turned around and went, I just don't really enjoy this song. I don't really like it. I don't think yeah. it's very good. I would find that a little bit odd. I think you were kind of a weird. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be allowed to work with animals. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I fair. I'm trustworthy yeah. I could, individual. I couldn't, I couldn't trust someone that was just like, oh, get ready. That's a bit shit, isn't it? Dancing in the street. Yeah. That's rubbish, isn't it? No. It's fucking amazing. Top tier. Absolutely. I'm, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate, great pick, great pick, Cuddly Toy Thanks, by Roachwood. Um, really, really quickly, just because I've just come back from it last night and the night before, went to see Duran Duran twice at the O2, two nights running on the, the Monday, Bank Holiday Monday just gone, and then I saw them the next night, the Tuesday at the O2. Um, two quite surprisingly, considering I was sat essentially pretty much in the same part of the arena, watching essentially the same set. I mean, the only thing they did is... Uh, they changed last chance on the stairway on the first night, which I would say, funnily enough, is is a bit of a deep cut from yeah. Rio. Yeah, um, great though. It is great, but then I think everything on Rio is great, and I was a bit yeah. like, this is yeah. maybe my least favourite song on Rio. So I was a bit mm. like, oh, I mean, it's good to see it, but if I was going to pick a song from Rio, that probably wouldn't be what it was. But then the next night, they changed it to Lonely in Your Nightmare, at m- mashed up with super freak oh wow so okay so but those were the only changes from the um from the set list over the two nights first night 
was packed like looked pretty sold out to me i went yeah. probably not quite sold out but the top tiers are open and most of the seats were you know they obviously don't use all the seats a couple of seats around the side of the stage mm. weren't it was it was probably less well sold than paramore a few weeks before certainly a lot less sold than elton john um mm. But the atmosphere when I went in to watch Jake Shears, who was the support act, there was someone else, Leah Leah, who supported him, missed her both nights. Um, Jake Shears, as a support slot, makes a lot of sense for Duran yep. Duran, I think. Yeah. Loads of sense. Yeah. You into you into um, Scissor Sisters back in the day at all, Gaz? Oh, fuck yeah, man. The, yeah. Those, that, that first album. It's brilliant. I, I remember hearing, what was the song? Was it Laura? Yeah, I, I love Laura. I always loved, um, um, what was the, uh, Mary, Mary's mm. just beautiful, mate. Re man, re and, Return and, to Oz, the last song on that album. Yeah, it's great. Just so good, and yeah, I've forgotten how great it was. Like, yeah, comfortably number stuff. Yeah, I, th I think my, my my issue kind of started with them. I suppose it was on the second album. And I I don't feel like dancing. It was just like I can quite happily that's in that draw with fucking Wonderwall and Teen Spirit, and I just no, I don't ever want to hear them again. Thank you. Mm. It was so fucking overplayed that song. It was, but. Yeah, it but, that, but that, that first album, man, is it's you know I think that's I think that should be in with a good shout for a classic album. I think it's well, genuinely a classic pop album. It's one I of the think, best pop albums of the twenty first century. I think. I, I think, think that. having seen Jake Shears twice this week, yeah. I think, and and then one the first night, me and my mate were driving back, and I was he was like, put that Sisters album on, and we put it on, and we were like, this is amazing. Yeah, he it was is amazing. Fucking brilliant. Like, obviously, he is someone who is subbed. The, the pyramid stage at Glastonbury yeah, with his man. band he has headlined the O2 in his own right he played like Live Earth and stuff like he's mm. not going to be scared to play in front of a you know a, a filling O2 arena that's fucking yeah. bread and butter for Jake Shears and yeah. I think you know I have been guilty I think maybe a bit like you like Tada the second Scissor Sisters yeah, album no. didn't really do that much for me and I kind of just sort no. of forgotten about them I think I'm I'm not alone in that because obviously like mm. they went away I think they went on the hiatus in sort of 2012 came back yeah. very very briefly about sort of six or seven years ago to me like the time is right for the, like if they were to come back now they're a band who could oh. perform and people would be like oh my god like do you know what I mean like O2 next year, that's, that's an yeah. O2 that's an O2 gig yeah, I think I that's... suppose next year, but the twentieth anniversary of the date was that two thousand four. Yeah, two thousand four. So I think you, I'll, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll put money on that happening next year, guaranteed. Well, maybe. I mean, I think Jake Shears has a new solo album coming out. I've not heard his first solo album. He played a couple of songs from it. He played a couple of new songs from it. Um, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, there was a, there was one I can't remember what it was called now. I don't have the set list in front of me, but there was one that was really great. But he started with a song that I didn't know. Then he played Laura. Then he played mm. a couple of new songs. He played uh, one song from um, his, the brand new album, which he said we've never played live before. And then he played, uh, I think, one of the other ones, something from the first album. And then he went into this run of playing "Comfortably Numb," oh, um, another one of his new, I think, his new single which is pretty mm. good. And then Take Your Mama Out, the <laughs> yeah. title track of his new album, which is called Last Man Dancing. Mm. Uh, and it's really, and, and that was really good. And then I Don't Feel Like Dancing, which I know overplayed, but when it comes on a support slot, yeah. you go, oh, here we go. Yeah. And, um, and uh, uh, Filthy Gorgeous to end with. Oh, oh you're tuned, man. And threw in like loads of, and also it was wicked because obviously that is a fucking proper like campus fuck disco thumper, yep. right? Yeah. And he was throwing in like 
bits of like village people songs and it's like because you're filthy oh and you're gorgeous down 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 like frankie goes to hollywood relaxes like oh, chucked in wow. and it was That's like crazy. it was it was so great and in the middle he did a little like he did they did a little sort of breakdown bit where he's going uh, and he, he said something i think it was a scissor sisters like one-off song they released called Kiki and he and he did a little bit where he's going uh, he goes I want to have a Kiki I'm going to have a Kiki and I was sitting there and I was going and my mate who is um he's he's a, he's a gay he's a legit mm. gay uh so um he was going he turned around to me and he went do you know what a Kiki is and I went no I don't know and he went it's um it's actually two drag queens having sex with each other and he was sort of singing okay. this little and doing this little dance move to wanting to have a Kiki and my mate was like, it's quite funny to look around and see like loads of very middle class, very middle aged women sort of yeah. doing these dance moves to um, him and not really knowing what it was about. So oh, there's a nice little slip that in. That's brilliant. quite good. That's, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't know what a Kiki was. I didn't either. I, didn't. I thought, it, well, you know, just shows how uneducated I am because I mean, you know you say Kiki to me it's just you know don't go breaking my heart isn't it? exactly yeah yeah. You know I, mean? I, I, don't, I don't know if it's related to that in any into the Kiki D in any way I have no idea oh, yeah. but but my mate was like yeah that, that's that's what it wow. is and, uh, so it was cool but that went over the heads of a lot of people including me but you know yeah. if so th- consider this a sort of public service announcement for mm. all of you if you do go and see Jake Shears um, yeah. you, you know what he's talking about alright yeah. uh, cool um, yeah he was great he was fucking great Duran Duran, like, it was, I just, the thing is about Duran Duran is, I love them so much. Same. That I can't really imagine what they could have done. It's one of them, in it, where you go and you go, I just love them so much. I don't know how they would, they could fuck this up. They can't really fuck, they can't can't, really fuck this up. Unless they played like the Red game When when you've been in the game for 45, well, nearly 45 years, you don't fuck it up. No, 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 and um, but just or well, funnily enough, they they did. I like, I saw them at High Park last year, and mm. the Bond theme came on before, like one song before they were going to play View to a Kill, right? And they went, "Oh, sorry, no, you, did, oh. you, did, you didn't oh, see dear. that." And then they also at the start on the first night, they weren't ready. They like kicked into Hungry Like the Wolf before John Taylor had his was given his bass, so just nothing happened. So they had to start it again, and oh. then they played. Uh, friends of mine, which I fucking went mad oh, yeah. with, but like apps, mm. that is all like a lot of shit from the first album. And nice. Simon Le Bon went and did a he did a he did a change into a kind of lime green leather jacket, mm. so cool. And yeah. um, he forgot to put his ear monitors in, so he went, oh god, can we stop? Can we stop? So so they actually kept fucking up every time I've seen them. <laughs> they they fucked up. A Nothing bit. if they're not consistent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yet still, still. You know, these songs are so brilliant. It wasn't a particularly spectacular stage set, but I'll read you out the the, the set, Gask. I think you'll like mm. it. Please. Uh, Night Boat to open. Nice, nice. Which is a bit of a sort of mm. like, ooh, atmospheric way to start. Wild Boys. Yeah. Right. Hungry Like the Wolf. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. Track two and three. They're yeah. spunking them out early. Well, no, exactly. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Invisible from the new album, which I think oh, is like a yeah. good song. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, the full James Bond theme with Roger Moore walking across the back screen. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, to a Kill, obviously. Yeah. Notorious. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
great song great song, song. Yeah. uh give it all up from the the new record which yeah. is you know uh, i That's think good. it's a decent enough song and yeah. either like i say last chance on stairway or lonely in your nightmare stroke super freak um is there something i should know first time in about <laughs> 10 years apparently really yeah fucking hell that was their first number one what? was it really i didn't know that mm. well in this country i think yeah oh, okay yeah um friends of mine Careless mm. Memories. Chucking nice. that in well. So a lot yeah. of stuff from that first album. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, Ordinary Worlds. <laughs> that which song. Is, which was it still kills me. Yeah. It was just, uh, that was <sighs> just amazing. And then yeah. Anniversary. From also nice. the new album. The last one from, the, from mm. the new record. And then check this out for a closing kind of, what is it? Seven songs. Planet mm. Earth. White Lines, the cover, the Grandmaster Flash cover. Good God. I mean, drop, I reckon probably drop that now. Yeah, yeah, drop that. I reckon probably drop that, drop that now. Mm. Uh, and replace it with their cover of Success by Iggy Pop from Thank yeah. You Instead, right? <laughs> no, 911 is a joke. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyway, Planet Earth, White Lines, The Reflex, <laughs> Girls on Film, with uh, mashed up with Acceptable in the 80s by Calvin Harris. Oh, wow, nice. Encore, Come Undone, Save a Prayer, Rio. <laughs> Done. Mic it's hard like, when you go and watch That's these ridiculous. massive bands. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You, watch, you do just go, God, anyone could did turn you, up to this and know pretty much everything. Did you say, did you say Girls on Film? Yeah, Girls on Film mashed yeah, up yeah. with, it was acceptable oh, oh, in the, the yeah, 80s. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very good. Very good. Oh. Um, it's bulletproof. They're, they're 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 kind of greatest hits. It's fucking bulletproof. Mm. And isn't it mad that, like, especially around like when, even when the wedding album came out. Really, as much as I I, I fucking adore the wedding album, mm. you know, with Come Undone and Too Much Information, man. Oh, yeah. fucking watching. Um, obviously, ordinary world, and then like you know they follow that up with you know Thank You. It's mad to think that during the, during that time, they were the most uncoolest band ever. Yeah, it was it, it was like a, a I don't know a, admitting you're a fucking paedophile or something. It was just it was just so not cool. And but even even for like for years after that, I, mean, I remember like was it when they had the singles Electric Barbarella coming out, which I really yeah. liked at the end of the nineties. And they had an album that their, their label refused to release mm-hmm. until like years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it was called now. Was it like was it pop t- pop tastic or something like that? A pop. Um, oh knee, fuck yeah! Is now, now you said that I've got yeah. pop pop tastic yeah. in my head, but that's not what it's yeah. called. Yeah, and and then it was it was only like when you know they they kind of reformed with you know uh, Andy Taylor and, and yeah. whatnot. Uh, and and what was that album called? Astronauts fucking go reach out for the sunrise. I'm surprised yeah. that wasn't in the set. What, that, that, well, mate, that's I was going to say classic Duran Duran song. You, I you love could that song. You could build, a, you know, another yeah. set list with Yo, you know, easily, easily. hold back the you know, hold back yeah. the rain. Serious electric Barbarella. Yeah, oh, serious uh, man. Um, you know, all she wants what happens is. tomorrow? All she wants is you know, yeah. like you could you could go on for a very very long time i suppose it's like all these kind of heritage acts i mean it was like you know when when i when i saw springsteen about was it seven eight years ago at wembley you know we played for three and a half hours no support 
And immediately after he finished the last song, we immediately reeled off like 10 songs. He did play Born in the USA. Fucking crazy. What? <laughs> mad. You know, that is I know, mad. it's crazy, isn't it? That is mad. Um, you know, and immediately reeled off like 10 songs that he didn't do. And it was just... It, when your back catalogue is, is, is as bulletproof as... Especially, you know, especially like, you know, Duran Duran, man. It's, um, I fucking adore, I adore Duran Duran. Um, and an Ordinary World will always be such. I think that is my favorite Duran Duran song. I think it is. Hmm. Um, I think it's a lot but, of people's, to be fair, particularly of our yeah, own, Yeah, no, definitely. And, I, and I've always, you know, I mean, I always loved that song, Regal. I remember buying it at the time on, um, you know, Cat Single. All right, Granddad. Um, yeah, two, two songs on two songs repeating on both sides, brilliant. Um, but the, the way it was used in um, Layer Cake, that mm. you know, that scene in the fucking Greasy Spoon Calf, the way it was, yeah. Whenever I hear the song now, I automatically see that scene in yeah. my head. You know, it's uh, yeah. Fucking... But what 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 a bands? Uh, what a special? You know, he. Even though I think, I mean, how was how was Simon LeBon's voice? It was night? pretty good right. for some. We didn't get. Uh, I I did do. A, I, I kept going. Is all I need. Like, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Live Aid clip, man. If you're going to fuck up, you, you might as well fuck up in front of like half a billion people watching on telly. Yeah, you know, uh, there the were world, a few, yeah. there were a few times where I think it sounded I mean, like he was never he... the greatest he was never the greatest singer anyway but no 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 he was so no. cool he was so cool and oozed charisma he really did and he's still you know yeah. he's still like he's, he's still kind does, of man. he's still cool even though he's kind of he's kind of cheesy cool like he's a pop star in his 60s yeah. you know he's obviously yeah. he's got a bit of a paunch on him now and he kind of he can't really do the yeah. dance moves like he used to do but I still just no. think you're Simon Le Bon you're wearing a like green lime green leather yeah. jacket and, and getting singing, away with it yeah, and, and I mean, you know, they are Duran Duran. You know, like Nick Rhodes now looks yeah. like fucking um, Andy Warhol. But I tell you what, John Taylor is a hell is an incredible bass player. I think fucking, like that such an underrated section, bass player. Yeah, unbelievable. Yep. Like that Amazing. rhythm section is brilliant. Um, yep. I think Simon sounded pretty good for the most part. He sounded pretty good. Mm. And funnily enough, actually, on mm. Ordinary World is one of the times I was like, wow, his voice sounds really, really great. There was a few. What? What? Yeah. what there was something where towards the start I think it might have been Hungry Like the Wolf actually where he sounded like he was kind of you know a bit like I said it with Elton the other week like it took him a little bit maybe to warm up and um, yeah. it was uh, Pop Trash that's what it's called uh, pop, pop Trash, trash. Uh, Pop Trash um, sorry that just popped into my head I was like it's not pop yeah. fucking it's going around my brain for ages um, <laughs> yeah that's not great um, but yeah he sounded he sounded pretty good I mean it sounded good enough mm. that you wouldn't have walked out kind of ever wondering or kind of if you didn't know because i think it's a thing that people no one's going to go oh was could roger taylor still play all that of course he fucking could like yeah. he's a great drummer but yeah lebon is is the one where you go if there's going to be a weak link it's simon lebon mm. and i heard him on that radio 2 festival just before um future past came out they did like a live yeah. thing on radio yeah. 2, and he didn't sound great but then it to be great. fair he sounded much better every time I've seen them since. He sounded a lot better, I think. So, yeah, it was good. It was really good. I think I'm going to go and watch them every time they ever play. Hopefully next time I'll be able to make it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I offered Gaz the other ticket and uh, you were tantalisingly close to coming. I know, it was so close. It was so close. But Sorry, next man. time. Next time. Next, next time. time. Next, next time. time. Uh, all right, there you go. That's Duran Duran and we should say Jake Shears. 
yeah, so a couple of little bits of news before we go on. I wanted to mention this really because I thought this sounds like an interesting thing. As we record, mm. uh, or the day that we release this podcast, I should say, uh, obviously you haven't been sent in advance because I would have definitely reviewed this. Fred again and Brian Eno uh, have got an album coming out called Secret Life, which comes out today, kind of surprise dropped on Fortet's label. I saw oh, wow. that and I was like, fuck me, that's interesting. So I think yeah. we're going to try and review that at some point. Um, Fred again was somebody who got nominated for a few Brit Awards. Are you familiar with Fred again at all, Gaz? No, but... Only the name because of, yeah, I just remember him getting nominated for some Brits and stuff, but mm. yeah, but beyond that, no, nah, mate. I had a little listen and I was a bit like, oh, is he going to be some sort of, you know, DJ, like a, when someone gets nominated for a Brit, your initial response usually, that you, haven't heard, that you don't know much about, your initial response is to be a bit like, oh, I bet it's going to be, which you shouldn't do, you should mm. go in open-minded for everything. So I went in and I was like, let's have a little listen. And I think actually Fred again is really fucking cool. And the fact that he's doing an album with Brian Eno, yeah, that's yeah. I think that's that's really fucking Inter- that's interesting. interesting. I think. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean Eno, obviously, the footprint that he has on uh, <laughs> everything the, 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 on everything <laughs> is is pretty fucking phenomenal. So yeah, um, yeah being like that, I think it's cool that he obviously has his finger enough on the pulse to work mm-hmm. with a credible kind of modern artist, right? Yeah, definitely. I'd be interested to hear that. And anything that Eno's involved with is always gonna it's always gonna have a bit of class and a bit of craft behind it. So I'm I'm always yeah. I literally had no you know I didn't even know this was even a thing. So yeah, I just yeah definitely going to uh, definitely going to check this out. Sounds sounds really yeah. interesting. So yeah, so I mean we probably will review that at some point. Secret mm. Life. If you're listening to this podcast that comes out, should be out today. But Brian Eden and Fred again, that should be cool. I also wanted to mention, obviously, as ever, uh the Ferrari surrounding the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We should just say who's been nominated. Not that you should really care mm. about who's going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But Kate Bush, Ragent's Machine, Willie Nelson, Missy Elliott, mm. George Michael. Yeah the spinners yeah uh, they are all going in it's a pretty good list yeah i think so i i love the fact that um george michael beat priest and maiden because it would just make the gumbies even more pissed off yeah i quite <laughs> like that yeah I, I i do as much as i love as much well okay i may have to rephrase that as much as i loved priest and maiden in my formative years um on listen with that prejudice alone I, you know I'm glad George Michael has gotten ahead of them and yeah, the whole I mean, thing of like oh he's he's not a rock band Arrgh, fuck off well firstly well, who gives a flying fuck about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame anyway and I love you know, I love the fact that when they put in people like Missy Elliott and George Michael and you know people like you know Maiden and, and uh, I don't think Deep Purple are in there and things like that, you know. Priest, are in. Priest got I know, in Priest, like, yeah, no, last year. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, of, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, people like. Um, I mean, I, I don't think Dio's in there. You know, Deep Purple. Mm. Uh, all you know these kind of like you know incredibly influential bands. Don't get me wrong, but I love you know. Just nothing pleases me more than a pissed off Iron Maiden fan. If I'm going to be honest, yeah, I love that. It's quite funny. Oh. It's quite funny. So I mean, some of the other people who missed out: Maiden, The White Stripes, Soundgarden. And yeah. Joy Division stroke New Order. Mm. Pre, you know, I, I, pretty Yeah, that's a weird Soundgarden. Why the fuck aren't they in there? Yeah, that's pretty mental. Mm. And I mean, I suppose in America, is it as big? But the Joy Division New Order thing, I mean, oh, I just wouldn't. It, 
wouldn't happen over here, would it? Wouldn't happen. But um, maybe in America, people don't like those artists as much, well, I guess. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I think they're incredibly... They're, they're acknowledged as being incredibly influential about both of them to, like, um, you know, American bands. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm I mean, kind of surprised that, you know, they're... Yeah, you know, it's, but they don't really give a fuck. It's I just it, it, I mean, it's it's always it's always interesting when it comes round to that part of the year again when they announce uh, a who the long list is. That's always quite interesting because you can immediately you always get a couple of token rock bands in there, and you can automatically go, "Well, they're not getting in, and they're not getting in." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's um, true. Yeah. It, you just know immediately, well, they're not getting in. No. I think Maiden have been in the long list now maybe five times. Yeah. I haven't even got a I mean, yet. yeah, they, the thing about Maiden is they obviously don't want to go in because they bad mouth it all the time, so fine. Um, yeah. I, you know, and their fans go, oh, well, we don't care shit anyway. You know what? What a joke that Missy Elliott's getting in. You think, well, Missy Elliott is incredibly talented. Um, yeah far yeah. more talented than Yannick Gers. So <laughs> like it's valid. It yeah. is valid. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, and that's not my opinion by the way. That is uh f- like that you you could take that Common into you know, to, to a laboratory and work that out with science I'm pretty sure. Um but in terms so yeah, I mean I, I am quite surprised that Soundgarden haven't gone in. I would have thought Soundgarden would have been ahead of Rage Against the Machine in the pack. A, because they've been around longer. B, because I would have imagined they were a, a, a broadly speaking more successful band in America overall um, mm. and for a longer period of time. And Chris But Rage Against the Machine were more influential, right? Rage Against the Machine are a more influential band than Soundgarden, I think. Yeah, they probably, yeah, I think that's probably fair to say, yeah. 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 Yeah, you're, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. I just, you know, you're going to get less hassle with Soundgarden going in, aren't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, because true. I think Rage will probably, you know, turn up and want to cause a bit of a kerfuffle. Be interested to see if they. Well, I'm sure they they will play. They will play it. I'm sure. Well, yeah, you kind of have to. I to think see. if you turn up, you have yeah. to play, really. Will Will Kate Bush play though? Oh no, nah, not Bush fucking chance. Play. That'd be amazing, Kate but never going to fucking happen. She probably won't even no. turn up. She'll probably send. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't Jennifer I don't Saunders see... to pick up a fucking award or something. <laughs> something random as fuck, you know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> see Kate Bush turning up to be honest, which is a shame because I yeah. think um, you don't really see her out in the public anymore. No. I mean, obviously, it's not like I get on the bus and go, "Look, oh, Kate Bush is." Was, you know, I think the, the only the only thing I've heard from her in oh, fuck knows how long was was when obviously you know running up that hill got to number one. As a result of being used in Stranger Things, Stranger and there was there, there was it was Stranger Things, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and there was a really really cool interview with with her on um, I think it was Woman's Hour on Radio Four. Right. It was like the first new interview she'd done on the radio in fucking twenty five years or something, you know. And it was wow. it was really interesting. Yeah, that's that was cool. Quite, that was quite a big deal for the BBC to get because she literally says no to everything. She says no to fucking everything, and f- and yeah. fair fucks to her. I fucking love Kate Bush, <laughs> mate. I love Kate Bush. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We should do. Uh, I mean, I think there was chat before me and Sam about doing Hounds of Love. Um, yeah. Or even a, I did mm. actually think about doing a Kick Inside as a classic classic album at some point. Anyway, 
We don't really have time to talk about Kate Bush as much as I'd like to, or Rage or Soundgarden or Iron Maiden or anything else really, because we have to move on, Gaz, to do some reviews. And we're going to mm. start, since you are here, since you are yeah. our guest, and since this album comes out right now, since Andy was so great on the podcast last week, we're going to start with Therapy, Hard Cold Fire. I hope I got that right. I'm pretty sure I got that right. I've been saying, I've been saying Cold Hard Fire. Yeah, that's wrong. For ages, and that's... Not hard right, cold. it's hard, hard, cold, hard fire. cold fire. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Anyway, it is the Irish alternative rock legends and Gaz's favourite band of all times. Mm-hmm. 16th studio album, it's here. It's a follow-up to 2018's Cleave album. Mm. So uh, five years without a therapy album. Cleave, of course, was, shocker, really good. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Yeah, not us, <laughs> not us two white, white men in their mid-40s. <laughs> yeah, like the Paul Rudd thing. Who'd have thought it? Yeah, not right. me. Yeah, not me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, mm. I'm not going to bore you all. I feel like we've done a lot of therapy recently. We did th- Semi Detached. Mm. Um, obviously, Andy was on the show yeah. last week as well. I've kind of teased the fact that I think this album is really, really good. If you bought Metal Hammer, you've read my review. What did you give it? Um, what, what did you give it in Hammer? I gave it an 8 out of 10. Fair. And that's my genuine real opinion. Mm-hmm. I think okay. this is an 8 out of 10 record. Yeah. I think okay. 16 albums yeah. into your career, yeah. you would think at some point you would show some signs of slowing down. Mm. Some signs yeah. of like... Phoning it in. A little bit, yeah. And I just don't... I think the, the beautiful thing with therapy is is every time I get a new therapy album and you can drag me all the way back to like 1998 like when we were talking about semi attached yeah, yeah. every time you get any i get a new therapy album i put it on and i'm i was gonna say i'm surprised and i'm not surprised pleasantly surprised might be the word but i'm always like i, I have a, a couple of songs jump out at me immediately yeah. and i go well even if the rest of it's crap at this point yeah that's enough mm-hmm. right but what's great about therapy is I think they then continue to do that throughout the rest of the record in quite subtle but different ways with with each of their albums. I mean, we've spoken before about how different the kind of journey they've been on throughout the last sort of 20 years or so. Really, I think, you know, we did a whole podcast. You have to go to patreon.com forward slash true cop pop and talked about therapy basically going, okay, fuck the commercial concerns that we might have had in the aftermath of Trouble Gum. We did something different than Infernal Love. Came back semi-detached. People didn't really commercially go for it in the same way. Fuck it, we'll do what we want. Mm. And since then, they have been on, I think, a pretty wild journey musically. Yeah, I'd completely agree with that. Um, Kind of everything. I mean, mean, it's something I, I touched on um, on the the Patreon special on Semi Detached, um, every therapy album is a, is usually falls into kind of like two, if not three, categories. I always find <clears throat> you always get like every like two or three albums they do like a really kind of gnarly, fucking dark, or pissed off, or like kind of super heavy album like. Uh, like suicide pact and like never apologize never explain but then mm-hmm. like i like i i, I would say like if, if if that kind of sound of therapy isn't for you i could pretty much guarantee the next album will be 
just wall-to-wall pop bangers like Cleve was, uh, like yeah. Disquiet was as well, I think, um, in, mm-hmm. in many ways. Um, but I, th- I think I think with with uh, with Hardcore Fire, they've they've this is this is much darker and kind of more pissed off album than Cleve was. I think this is this is very much in the kind of never apologize, never explain kind of field for me. Kind of mm. a bit darker and gnarlier, but that's not to say that that it hasn't got those kind of poppier moments, which I think on at least kind of three or four of the songs, it certainly has. I mean, I mean, Andy Kansas was had this amazing knack of writing hooks. Um, I, I mean, the thing with this album, it's like it's, it's ten songs. It's half an hour long. Like all the fat has been trimmed, literally trimmed. Everything is trimmed off. It's so fucking lean. Um, and the way it flies out the gates with um, uh, shoot, uh, shoot the terrible master, with that kind of like weird. Almost like sort of, I don't know, like background sort of like channel in my head, in my head, in my head, and then the drums mm. kick in, man. You know, yet again, Neil Cooper, man of the match in this album, yet again. He he will he, he he. I think he's one of the most underrated drummers in in rock music today. Um, there are always going to be therapy fans out there that kind of never got over kind of Fife leaving and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what Neil's done in this band, I mean, he's been in the band since like 2002. And what he brings, um, especially on this album, I don't know if that, that's because uh, as a result of like Chris Sheldon coming back to, to produce it again, who was the guy that produced Trouble Gum and Simply mm-hmm. Tatch. And I think he did, he did part of High Anxiety as well. But he, 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 is, he is the guy that seems to pull the best out of this band. He kind of shaves off the kind of gnarlier, darker bits, which I fucking love, but he kind of makes them kind of succinct. So I think the production on this album is 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 fucking is great. I mean, you know, but give me something, Steve. Otherwise, I'm going to talk for the next three fucking. Hours about this band. <laughs> well, yeah, no, mate. I'm the I've... worst person to be doing a therapy album review. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> no, you're you. Yeah. This, this is why you're here. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, uh, to me, I was. I think you're right to kind of bring in disquiet and cleave and talk about the kind of it. Be, then being a bit more upbeat, I would say this is certainly the darkest therapy album since uh, a brief crack of light in 2012. Yeah, I'll, um, yeah, I'll, yeah, hands down. Uh, which uh, and it might even be dark. And that's weird because um, Andy was coming on and saying, you know, like, oh, we were making kind of angry but empathetic rock music. Mm. And I can definitely see that on Bits and Bobs here. But yeah. what I really like about it is there's still a kind of, um, there's a sort of, I love therapy when they sound a bit antsy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and I think yeah. they've man- what you've done. What you, you you've kind of called it perfectly. This is fatless. It's not. They don't go that often into big kind of noise rock no. freak out territories. There's not much in the way of like um, you know kind of weird extended breakdowns or kind of you know slow like doomy parts or anything. Mm. It does just come at you. It's helmety riffs um, mm. played. Almost, I would say, you mentioned Chris Sheldon, who obviously did that fucking amazing job in Trouble Gum. And I think you're right. The the drums, uh, the drum sound sounds brilliant because mm. it cracks so hard. Yep. But there's also, I think, a little bit of a, a kind of ecky thump era white stripes tonality to some of Andy's guitars. There is, yeah. He's yeah. So you've got that kind of raggedy garage rock feel, but he's playing these 
like massively tight, thick riffs. Um, it sounds like everything's it, getting played with an octave pedal. I don't want to get all gearhead. But uh, yeah, that, that was basically Jack White's secret weapon. That's how he got his guitar to sound like a bass on the intro to um, Seven Nation Army. It was mm. it's an octave pedal. I think I think Andy Kenzer was used to use it to kind of thicken out the sound, especially on songs like Trigger Inside and stuff when they play live. But it's that kind of guitar sound is all over. The, there is so much bottom end in that guitar sound. It's, it can sometimes be a, quite hard to kind of differentiate between the bass and the guitar. But I think Chris Heldon's done such an incredible job. The sound is so fucking big for a fucking three piece, and we've spoken about like how fucking cool three pieces are. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I think when you, you you chuck in a bit, like you know, to, to to mention the only band member we haven't mentioned before, Michael McKeegan's bass. When when Andy's oh, guitar, when Andy yeah. does a, the only bit of noise rocky kind of like squealing. Um, big blackism that he does on this record is to to disappear which yeah. and the riff on that is fucking incredible yeah. but when that drops out and yeah. michael does the yeah. riff it just sounds like you know the, the fucking fittings in your ceiling they're about yeah. to come undone yeah. because it is so yeah. it's so great i mean i think in terms of highlights joy they released that um prior to, to the album yeah. coming out. um yeah. like brilliantly massive uh like i say helmet riffs played by royal blood uh, a little bit and then that kind of yeah. no joy yeah. no joy riff sort of seems like a slowed yeah. down version of breed by, by nirvana and yeah again like the andy cairns in that song you, you've got two big hooks that no joy but that nothing seems to yeah. make you happy that which i'm singing incredibly out of tune yeah i realize so i say it's an earworm but like the two <laughs> gloriously massive hooks on one song which is you know yeah just yeah. a single from a band who, yeah. like, don't really seem to care about singles so much anymore. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one, the one for me, I mean, I mean the, the whole album it is great. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, but there's, I think it's um, tracks um, seven and eight is the strongest kind of like one, two they've done in, in years. That's um, Mongrel. Mongrel. Mm. mongrel with that that chorus man is I mean, I, mean, I mean the way it starts with like dang 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 it, it sounds like the opal mantra riff you know yeah. uh which it's like it, again anyone that fucking knows me um it's like a broken record this uh broken records <laughs> hey <laughs> um, Steady. Uh, people that know me like, the open mantra is like one of my absolute one of my top five therapy tunes um but when it gets and then when it all kind of kicks in, it's all kind of like wiry and weird, and there's like like pitched harmonics on the fucking guitar and stuff. But when it like it explodes into that chorus, that I like darkness and darkness loves me back. Yeah, it's for me that is for me that is the strongest song Andy Cairns has written in fuck me twenty years, probably since like the High Anxiety. That for me is just. It is, it is perfect. And the way it goes from that, because like, I think, you know, the longest song on this album is like three and a half minutes. And it, go, it goes straight from Mongrel into the second single they released, which is, you know, Poundland of Hope and Glory, which is quite fitting for the weekend of the King's Coronation, I think, that we talk <laughs> yeah. about this song. Um, uh, and again, you know, earworm choruses. Again, it's got that, that kind of like 90s kind of almost 
Nirvana riffing on the and then when it goes into you know you're not Jerusalem Jerusalem's a city in the Middle East it the first time I heard that just didn't leave my head for days you know when when they the video is fucking great with the ballerina and stuff in the in the attic it's it's a great video um but it's 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 so it it's so strong and like those kind of two songs like distill everything that I adore about this band. These kind of like weird, almost like wiry kind of riffs that explode into these fucking just it's just pop hooks. Andy Cairns can write fucking pop choruses in his sleep. The guy shits them out. It's it's fucking outrageous. It's sixteen albums into their career. And they're releasing albums that are this fucking strong. It's it's fucking de- defies me, you know, because you think of like any any kind of like you know m- major massive rock band. Say you know Foo Fighters, man. After the third album, you were luckily if you if you got two or three good songs on the album, you know. Yeah. Like, where, where, where was one by one? That was the fourth album. That was like that was like two thousand and two, and yeah. fucking patchy as fuck, man. You know the first three yeah. albums are great. You know I'll, I'll die on that hill, but like. You know, if the Foo Fighters ever got to like a sixteenth album, can you imagine how shit it would be? I mean, any of those top two, but imagine how shit Slipknot's sixteenth album would be, right? Um, it it just it'd be fucking awful. And I, I do generally think that it was a blessing to my favourite band of all time, copyright Gaz Jones, <laughs> uh, um, that their day in the sun was quite fleeting. I do generally, you know, I, I'm so thankful for not only for, for, for Andy Cairns and the songs he's write, written and the, the fact that they've soundtracked my life since the first time I heard Scream Major on Top of the Pops in, you know, fucking 30 years ago. Fucking mental. Um, but I'm so grateful for therapy to still be therapy and be so fucking good. They know what their sound is. And but they still kind of like push it enough to kind of still make it interesting mm. to to a fan. Um, and, you know, I was trying to come into this album as neutral as possible. I really was. Honestly, I was, right? Mm. <laughs> um, but like, you know, when I, you know, um, you, when I got through like, the, you know, the stream for it, man, I was so excited. I was, and I will always get excited for a new therapy album. And when it, you know, at the end of the first listen through, I was just like, I, it's very hard. It's very, no, sorry. It's very easy for me to kind of like, I guess, take this stuff for granted that, you know, yes, yeah, new therapy album, like with, you know, clutch are kind of, I think a comparable ex- example, like, you know, new clutch album every few years, it's, it's going to be really good or it's going to be fucking great. And you, you kind of sort of take it for granted that these, you know, the therapy are, are going to be around forever. And, you know, the older I get, the more I treasure this, this bands. Um, and I implore people, everyone that's fucking listening to this and, and, I'm sure there were some people that are fucking raising their fucking eyebrows going, oh, here we go, fucking therapy again, leave fucking review, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, give this album a fucking chance. It deserves to be fucking heard. I generally think that. And like, it, 
Not that I give a flying fuck about reviews anymore, but it actually pissed me off that Kerrang only gave it, it only gave this three Ks. Not that it fucking matters because they're just a fucking online magazine these days. But it actually pissed me off for the first time in the while. I, I actually got a bit pissed off with the review. So like Arnie and twins. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. <laughs> Get down. There's a bomb for the first in there. time. I'm pissed off. Um, yeah, mate. Do you know what I to to to, to to kind of counter that, I mean, here's here's what I would say if you are sit, doing that thing and sitting there going, oh man, you're going about fucking therapy all the time. Uh, yes, yes, I do. Um, and this is why, because here's a comparable band, but also kind of weirdly not a comparable band. The new 100 Reasons album is mm. amazing. <laughs> I believe it's your favourite album of the year thus far, guys. Yeah, true? yeah, mm. yeah. Right. Who saw that coming? No one did. We said at the time, no one no, saw no. that coming. But it genuinely no. is a really brilliant album. 100 Reasons, obviously, yeah. are not a band who've been around as long as, as Therapy. They certainly don't have as vast a back catalogue as Therapy. No. They haven't been active as a band as much as Therapy. But 100 Reasons are a band who are, I would say, kind of broadly comparable. Nobody expected that album to be as good as it is, but it was. Yeah. It's possible that these bands can release these albums. The difference between 100 Reasons and Therapy is, is whilst 100 Reasons have done it once, now twice in a 20-year period, yeah. Therapy do genuinely do this every, every three, four, five years. Yeah, I do. It's not our fucking imagination. Like, no. like honestly, to, to kind of talk about, you know, like therapy, know what they are. Yes. Andy Cairns writes brilliantly inescapable me melodies. Like, you know, yeah. I, so I got the stream through, I got it through and I, I think I texted you and went, I've got the new therapy and you went, ah, oh, and is it any good? And I, well, I'm halfway through, but there's still, I'm only kind of five tracks in, but already there's three tracks that I still, that I feel like I know the chorus to. Yeah. In, immediately already and yeah. then when you get to a song like i mean it's not my favorite song on the record but a, a song like two wounded animals mm. right which just sits in the middle of the album it's not one that Great people song. are going to be talking about or chatting about no. or whatever um and kind of manages to merge like gore era deftones with mm. a super unknown-esque chorus right yeah like really really great song and the, the, the thing is, is, you know, it, it might just be something that no one ever listens to or no one is ever aware of. And yeah. I think that's a real shame because, yeah. to it, it, you know, it's not reinvented. They're not putting dubstep beats in. They're not like getting a fucking SoundCloud rap, but, you know, they're not they're not doing fucking disco music or anything no. like that therapy they're not no. totally reinventing themselves but they're doing enough every time where yeah. i go oh that's uh yeah. that's a little bit different from what they've done before but yeah. yet again it sounds like it couldn't really be any other band because no. they've just got this kind of unique feel to them um yeah. it's another great therapy album see you in four years everyone yeah do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If I'm still, if I'm still alive when their new album comes out, I hope it will be. Um, yeah. I, I hope so too. Fully, <laughs> I, I, I fully expect to be doing exactly the same thing as I'm doing now. I mean, I, yeah. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, this is not Andy. Like, Andy's been on the show a couple of times, and I've interviewed him a few times over the years. And I've traditionally really, really loved Therapy. Maybe not. Well, not as much as you. They're your literal favourite band. Yeah. But I do love them. But, yeah. you know, he's not my mate. Or It's not like my... Oh, I've got a mate of mine that I know. I'm just I'm going to talk about their album and I'm going to be nice about it. Like, yeah. that's not what this is. Like, this is this is a genuine, like, 
that they are just releasing. And if they release a shit one, we'll say uh, it's not up to much. Yeah. No, but, no, yeah, but, ge- but I, genuinely, yeah. where is it? Like, tell me where it is. And, that hasn't and, happened yet. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. Guns to my head. If I had to, if I had to pick the worst therapy album in their back catalogue, mm-hmm. I'd probably say One Cure Fits All. But even that has got one of my favourite therapy songs on in Rain Hits Concrete. Right, yeah. You I'm know, just looking at the track listing for that, actually. I think that's... Yeah, uh, Deluded Sun's I, great. Yeah, um, serotonin, adrenaline is really Into good. The light is good. Yeah, it's oh, it's a lot of fucking what riff. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, but yeah, it's that, it's a seven I, in the I, world I, of, of eights, nines, and I, tens, isn't it? Basically, that album. Yeah, no, it, it genuinely is. They're so they're so fucking consistent and and I, I you know. I will. Ne- I will never try and take this band. Never try and take this band for granted, because um, you you don't know what's going to happen next week, let alone next year. Uh, and obviously, this has been, I think, the longest gap between therapy albums. Obviously, there was a certain thing called COVID, because I know this album was recorded what over two and a half years ago. I think a while was it ago, during yeah. the first lockdown. I mean, you know, I, I know it's been good to go for a long time. Um, I think. I think the only. The real shame will be, obviously, because you know. Let's be absolutely honest. This isn't going. This isn't. This isn't a big release. It's not a big release, and nowhere yeah. near enough people. You know how? You know, was this anywhere near being the main review in Metal Hammer? Fuck no. I mean, how many words did you have? What hundred words to review it? Or no, it was actually three hundred. It's a hard oh, okay. down page thing. So they are still treating. Okay. You know. No, that's fair. But 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 like, you know, is this going to be? an album where therapy fucking get rediscovered and ah no it's because it's not that's just not going to happen to therapy anymore unfortunately but unfortunately as well what's next year 2024 30th anniversary of trouble gum i can bet money that there will be there'll be a tour or, or there'll be some sort of celebration and they'll be out playing probably half decent sized venues again for that one tour yeah be back in the forum and then it would, or yeah, like yeah, yeah, but yeah, before him, you know, easily Roundhouse, instant right. fucking sellout. Yeah, yeah, you know, get fucking curb dog supporting and and like Hell's for Heroes or something. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, get get baby cows and joyriders to fucking reform. You know, yes, please. Um, That's more and like then it, I think, you know, yeah. I can, and then probably tw- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, then you know, twenty twenty five will be another new therapy album, and. It, it's just, it'll be another fucking great album and they'll be back to doing like Esquires in Bedford size venues again yeah and it's such a shame it's a real shame it is a shame but, but you know what? we know we're, we know <laughs> we know and yeah, we know. that's we what's know. more important that, that's important and, but anyway, and hopefully look. and hope, hopefully all you lot out there will you know give this out give this album a listen and then come and find me on Twitter track on side one podcast to search it you know uh, and and just let me know. I'm in, I'd be interested to know. If you, come and tell me if I'm full, just if if you think I'm full of shit, tell me I'm full of shit. I'd be interested to know. Let's have a conversation about this because I generally think that this album is strong enough that I think people yeah, I, ne- people need to need to hear this album. I think it's it, they that so that sounds so fucking vital. Mm. It's true what you say about a band like Foo Fighters and stuff and that, that kind of school of bands. Like, you know, if they were to release an album, a load of people would be excited about it. And yeah. Foo Fighters haven't really released any yeah. good music for a very long time, whereas Therapy's still doing it. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Therapy are 
they don't sound like the food fighters at Thank all God. obviously but um you know but if you want kind of 90s alternative rock yeah. i think they're they're the band doing 90s alternative rock that are still doing yeah. it i mean i think even going back to that pixies album pretty good like pixies yeah. have released some pretty good stuff in the yeah. in the interim but yeah. you know i think like therapy are the they are the kind of the the gold standard and yeah. it's such a shame that you know they're not they're not kind of treated like it anyway yeah there you go hard cold fire by therapy is out now just go and listen to it i reckon mm-hmm. if you like guitars and all that kind of jazz i think you'll have a lovely time uh let's move on to an album that came out last week first two pages of frankenstein by the national the ninth studio album from the new york indie rock superstars the follow-up to their quite exceptional i am easy to find album from 2019 which was one of my favorite albums of that particular year back then i couldn't really have told you that i was a particularly massive fan of the national i had heard bits and bobs there was stuff that i liked um there was stuff that i didn't a lot of stuff that i didn't really know um i was just kind of more aware of them and a few songs and an album here and there rather than their back cat their back catalog since that album which i just fucking love and have now gone in quite deep on stuff like high violet and the boxer uh which i think have mm. you know sort of cemented themselves in um albums that i adore as well um i got pretty excited about this album coming out how about you, Gaz? The National. What's your relationship with them? Well, I, I couldn't say that I was. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan these days. It, it was kind of a band that kind of passed me by. I first became aware of them um, years ago. Now, when I, I used to live with, um, I used to live with the drummer from Lonely the Brave, like years ago. Oh, yeah. Funnily enough. Um, oh, I could tell you some stories, Jesus Christ. Um, oh. but like, yeah, um, and he was he was banging to the national, um, and it was around a time when Lone of the Brave were getting kind of courted by labels and stuff, and I, um, and, and they were coming back from these like meetings with fucking EMI and whatnot, with like just like bagfuls of CDs, and they got like you know every Pearl did every Pearl Jam album fucking released and all this kind of shit, you know, and, and yeah, um. He gave me a national uh, CD. I can't fucking remember which one it was now. I kind of liked it, but it was just like, it was, wasn't was kind of where my head was at at the time. Mm. But kind of looking back, I was, I kind of wish, I wish I was, because I was a bit, bit of a fool really, because this is like a proper bit of me, you know, a bit of euphoric melancholy. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. please. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, me too. I mean, I um, would say I mean, broadly the same... I probably wasn't that into them at the time due to the fact that it just wasn't the sort of thing that I was really listening to. But it's weird because I always kept my eye out for like Arcade Fire. I was like, yeah, Yeah. yeah, Arcade Fire. But they, and they kind of became the band that I liked from that kind of movement. I suppose there were a couple of others as well. But yeah, the National just, first of all, they were just something that I heard a bit and was like, oh, they sound quite good, but never really gone in on them. But um, yeah. Now you're uh, oh, but this saying is, it's a bit of you. Yeah, especially this album. This is um, this is beautiful, man. It's like, I mean, this is like this compared to the kind of earlier, more kind of like angular material. This is this is so soft and beautiful, and um, it's got you know that kind of much more kind of like you know undulating kind of compositions on it and lightness of touch. 
especially on you know the the, the opening track, "Once Upon a Poolside Man." But that that piano kicks in, man. It sounds like Sigur Ross or something. I think yeah. a little bit. Like was it? What was that song? Uh, blah, 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 the natural the blue plate was it? Hopipola. I thought it's got. Do you know oh, what I mean? Mate, I can't remember the name of that. Fuck me. They've got weird ass names, haven't they? So you know, you know the one. It was. Hop- I know. It was Hopipola. Yeah. I'm sure it was Hopipola. Yeah, okay. the famous one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> yeah, that one, the Blue Planet one. Um, but it's it's so fucking beautiful. Like the first time I listened to it, I I, I started crying. Especially Ooh. when the piano goes goes up goes up like an octave, and because it starts off like bum 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 bum, and then when it goes dum 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 dum, or it, you know, sort of goes up the um, up the scale. I was it, it did something to me. Um, the process a lot about my state of mind at this present time, but <laughs> um, and just his his vocals on it are just. I don't know how to describe it. He barely goes above a whisper, especially on that song, Once Upon a Poolside. And it's it's a hell of a way to open up the album. It's so strong. I was hooked. from. I was like, right, this... I need to listen to this. From that... Just, that it's a proper bit of me, that opening track. Um, and, and like New Order t-shirt, I think, is fucking great. Especially because it references cowboy junkies and Afghan wigs. It does, yeah, I love that. Wonderful, well nineties, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Greg Dully, man. If you know, you know. Mm. Um, and obviously Tay Tay's on there. Wonderful. That Thing kind of bridges. that's kind of the only only time the album kind of like I don't know. It brings a bit of a welcome. To, it's a palate cleanser. That song, I think. Yeah, I really like that song. And yeah, it's weirdly, great. weirdly, it sounds more to me now after the last couple of Taylor Swift albums. Yeah. It actually sounds more like a Taylor Swift song yeah, than it does. a national song. Yeah, now, big if song. you said that if you just said that to me It's proper um, out of place on the album, I think. But. Yeah, in two thousand nineteen, had you have said that to me, I would have gone, Oh well, this sort of sounds like the national. But yeah. now it sounds like it was the national with Taylor Swift, whereas now yeah. it actually sounds a bit like Taylor Swift with the national yeah. due to but obviously, you know, the uh, uh the Destiners have been um obviously collaborating with Taylor Swift quite a yeah. lot over the last yeah, yeah, yeah. few years. So yeah. I'm not that surprised to see her or Swift John Stevens or Phoebe yeah. Bridges turn up a couple of times in this album. Uh, I would say Taylor, um, good Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Right? That, is a, that is a good yeah. Taylor Swift song. Yep. It's not actually a Taylor Swift song, mm. but it's a good Taylor Swift yeah. song. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, without wanting to incur the wrath of the Swifties, I would say she's possibly the weakest uh, guest appearance on the record overall. Yeah, yeah. I said, who was it on the opening track? That's as it Sir Stevens. Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sir Stevens on is on what's upon a poolside. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the one for me. Mm. Yeah, I yes. I just can't. That that's the song. I I I, I, I obviously wanted to listen to the to the albums, you know, as many times in full as I could, but I always found myself just going back to that first song time and time and time again. Um, yeah there's a there's a few um there's a few like real big highlights for me i mean i do think you know it's an amazingly beautiful way to open the record mm, yeah, it really very is. quick and very soft and i think you get yeah. a kind of a slightly more energetic song with um uh eucalyptus which i think that yes. hook of you should take it because i'm not gonna take it is a fucking absolutely yeah. great line and again yeah aaron Dester sounds fucking 
brilliant yeah uh throughout this record yeah i think oh. you know kind of there's a slight bit more in comparison i think with the with the last album which is where i really kind of fell in love with the national this has a bit more like it's weird you say about how quiet it is because they are they're they're a very quiet band but i do think they bring back yeah. a bit of that more instantaneous slightly more new wave slightly more driving energetic i mean a song like i really love tropic morning news which i think is kind of one of yeah. the closer songs to it being like a, a bit more of a kind of uh, i don't want to say upbeat pop song because that really gives the wrong idea but i would say it's not the kind of the bullseye for them is that sort of slow sorrowful mournful round the yeah. campfire delicate piano yeah. emotive stuff like when yeah. i think back to you know this album's 47 minutes long and it is i believe 11 tracks whereas the last album was 16 mm. tracks over an hour and you got a song on it like um not in kansas which is the one that i spoke about a lot which is nearly seven minutes long mm. and i think it's just yeah. uh, there's nothing which has hit me as hard as that did back then that was 2019 you know, it's an album about having to move back, you know, like to your hometown and all that. So there's a lot of kind of things that were going on in my life around that time. You know, it's about family and, you know, yeah. quite personal stuff that was happening that I, I think made me really gravitate towards that record. And so I think it would be quite hard for me to come to this record and be like, it's a bit like, yeah. you know, Stage 4 by Touche and More is a record which yeah. I love. And it kind of doesn't matter what, Touche more did after that they're not going to be able yeah. to match that record for me no. for my personal taste just yeah. because not only did it hit me at a time and a place and a, you know a, a set of circumstances they're not going to be able to recreate that and so i would say broadly i don't think the national have been able to recreate um how much i love that last album here mm. having said that I think this is a brilliant record. Oh, I think what, Taylor yeah. Swift, yeah. Uh, you know, the kind of that, those dual harmonies, great. Um, Phoebe Bridges on This and Helping yeah. is amazing, I yeah. think. Uh, and, you know, to, to do that thing where they mix that very sweet, lilting female voice with this kind of dry, somber, male um, kind of almost bar like kind of deep whiskey soaked baritone thing it just the dynamics yeah. of it just sound brilliant it's it's fucking great so yeah. you know overall i think this is well strong like really really good and a really really great yeah. album by a really great band yeah but i would probably go back to the last one if you're gonna if i was doing like the 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 rankings or whatever the it, it's a slight dip in quality, but there's it's mm. caveated. There's an asterisk yeah. with that dip. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. no, completely. Um, this, yeah, I kind of I, I wished I'd gone in years ago on the national. I really do. Um, I feel like a bit of a fool to be absolutely honest. Because um, this, you know. Yeah, again, like 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 when I was I was on the podcast last year. This is an incredibly strong week, incredibly strong week, and at least th three of the albums we're going to talk about are in a shout for my end of year. Mm. It, genuinely, did this album absolutely floored me? I think in some ways, and it, this might be a bit, oh, oh chill out, guys, but. In many ways, this got this. It, it reminds me in a lot of ways to Automatic for the People. This album, 
that's a really good shout, I think. Mm. I think that's a really good shout. Yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were just going to go, fuck off. <laughs> I, no, no, I do. I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, I think weirdly, um, I don't think it has the same clear, strong, emotional totem that drives automatic for the people drive you know, hey. I, hey, yeah i didn't that's an accent um and and therefore so I, I would say like if you took the kind of thematics of the previous album yeah. and put it into this i could see it because there are you know like there are there are the same you know automatic for the people's got stuff like you know night swimming yeah. and everybody hurts mm. and do you know what i mean and but then it's also got um, Man, Man on the Moon, the moon and uh, Sidewinder side yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean and yeah. you just go well, that's weird isn't it and yeah. whilst I don't think this quite has that level of like what no, the fuck no, 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 no. I, I definitely think having like you know a Taylor Swift song just in the middle of it you go oh that's kind of unusual yeah. Yeah. Um, and there yeah. are you know there are a couple of like slightly more I guess sort of synthy new ordery bits yeah. that are going on in it that, that I think yeah. are really really cool but aren't but, but much like Automatic for the People uh, although actually all my people is a 10 out of 10 I fucking love everything on it but I think yeah. I think you know that when that album goes a bit more a bit faster a bit more kind of jolly or whatever not even jolly but a bit more kind of upbeat it's the outer ball and it's the slow kind of more uh, reflective stuff which is the the yeah. ball oh god yeah completely that's what I reckon but that's a good shout mate good shout that yeah, so if you if you like Automatic for the People and you haven't listened to The National, well, have mm. we got a treat for you? <laughs> it's this. It's this album. It's, uh, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Frankenstein. Frank, Frankenstein. Feed My Frankenstein by yeah, The National. That's, <laughs> don't accidentally go and listen to Feed My Frankenstein by Alice Cooper and go, that album that you said was really yeah. slow and was yeah. 40 minutes long, it's actually just a three-minute long Alice Cooper's do you know, mental. Do, do, you know, do you know Feed My Frankenstein as a cover? I didn't know that, no. There you go. By... Yeah, it's, uh, it was originally a, a Zodiac Mind Warp and the Love Reaction song. If you remember I Zodiac did not Mind know Warp. That. I do there remember Zodiac Mind Warp. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't know that. They were, they, they were like the cult if you ordered them from Wish.com. <laughs> yeah, they were, weren't they? Uh, <laughs> I found out a really good fact about music the other day, which I was going to bring in. I forgot what it was. I'll tell you a good fact I did find out after the event. It, it's, uh, I, a few weeks ago, I said, um, oh, my God, uh, Thomas Lindbergh played bass on Toxic. I got that from a TikTok. And I tried to look it up. I went on all music, and it were all these credits with it. And I was like, that's mental. And then I found out actually it wasn't him. So... The whole episode oh. <laughs> was the title of the episode was ruined. Rubbish. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, everyone. Look, uh, we're like it's Fox News. Okay, we're not new. We're, we're like Fox News. We're entertainment as opposed to sort of factual evidence. So yeah, it's chill down, chill down, entertainers, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, great record. I would say yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. A very, very strong record from the National once mm. again. What a good band they are. It's called Firstly Page of Frankenstein. It is out right now, as is uh, the next album we're going to talk about. It's been out a couple of weeks now. Congratulations to Everything But The Girl for getting a top three album. I would say congratulations to Shikari for getting to number one, but their fans were really obnoxious to Everything But The Girl in this kind of yeah. what was like a kind of nothing chart battle. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. 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 So it's fine um, because 
chart positions they're not really that important particularly it's who makes the better album and exactly. we're not reviewing the Enter Shikari album that so, says it all uh, <laughs> I think that does say it all uh, mm. Fused by Everything But The Girl the 11th studio album from the Sophistipop the Sophist Sophistipop I couldn't that's even like, say it then it's like, yeah it's because it's not even a fucking word <laughs> Well, you, do you, you know can't what? even pronounce words you've just made up. <laughs> uh, well, I saw somebody, some idiot, there's an actual Enter Shikari fan that I saw on, on Twitter moaning like they're all going, uh, everything with the girl, then, uh, uh, what are they, uh? and some Enter Shikari fan said, uh, who calls themselves Sophisti Pop when they're 60 years old? And I was like, wasn't that a, like a movement in the end? Like Sophisti Pop was a, they, they called like Final Cannibals. Yeah. And everything with yeah. the girl and like all about Eve and all that stuff was yeah. kind of christened and then like simply read a bit later on. Yeah. Was all sort of christened sophisticated. So I don't think yeah, they're calling themselves. I think yeah. they're calling themselves. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like it is yeah. a, a made up stupid term. Right? Yeah, no, no, no. I was only taking a piss. I've heard that phrase before <laughs> written down in a book. Yeah. <laughs> Ergo, um, it's a yeah. real thing. <laughs> yeah, it's got its own Wikipedia page, guys. So it's just like, fucking hell, you don't know what you're on about, do you, mate? Stick yeah. to bloody Mike Skinner's fifth album, cast offs at some, those lot of this that are doing. Anyway, um, so yeah. Fisty Pop yeah. turned down tempo electro legends, I've called them. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Down tempo electro, le- I like that. Yeah. That's, that's very fucking valid from Thank 95 you. onwards. Yes, well, I was going to say, first album since 1999's Temperamental. Gaz, uh, you're from the 90s. What are your thoughts on everything but the girl? I, just really quickly, sort of heard of them. I remember them from the 80s, but a lot of that stuff, want Roachford, was it? Want Terence Trent Derby? I needed it to be a bit more upbeat. I think, you know, the kind of, some of that folksy stuff, the kind of, the sophisty pop of the time i didn't initially quite kind of get into it um but it was only really when missing came out and the the todd terry remix yeah. and they went absolutely stratospheric in 94 yeah. and that seemed to uh to really usher in a new style of what they as a band were doing um leaning on that more kind of um uh kind of paired back electronic influences but what what did you think of everything but the girl from the back in the day? When I, I first became aware of them, I think in oh, it'd have been 91, 92. Obviously, they'd been around for, a, I think they'd been around the best part of 10 years then. Mm. But I, I remember, like, my mum always used to buy the latest Now album. I think it was maybe Now 21 ish. I'm, so, I'm sure Chris DeGreer will, will correct me on this. He's the Now guy. Um, they were on there doing um, uh, Love is Strange which was from their covers EP which was quite a big hit at the time I remember doing it on top of the pops you know, love love is strange I do remember that now yeah I do yeah. know you said it yeah uh, and I was like oh, okay this is quite you know, it's a, you know a little folky acoustic guitar you know beautiful voices uh, and, I, and, and then like a couple of years later I heard Protection Massive Attack because I was I was I was massively into Massive Attack, especially in '94. Uh, I, th- I I still think Protection is Massive Massive Attack's masterpiece. I think it's their best, their greatest album. Do you really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's I think it's an absolute fucking masterpiece. I think it's you know Mezzanine is, is incredible, but I do generally yeah. think Protection is 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 the one for me. Um, and then because I sort of recognised, I was like, oh, I think that's that that's that girl from 
oh sorry that woman from 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 that band that was on you know that now compilation that I heard and then uh, obviously like m- missing kind of comes out and uh at the time I I I didn't know like the st- I mean you know the, the story behind missing is fucking mad like I mean, a few years ago now I bought I bought Tracy Thorne's autobiography right uh the fucking name escapes me now but it's Honestly, if you ever see it like cheap in, you know, the works or something like that, buy it. It's one of the best autobiographies you'll ever read. It's really? fucking amazing. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's, it's, it's witty. She, she's she's a fucking great writer. It's really funny stories in there and stuff. But like the whole story about like, because Missing initially came out on, I can't remember the albums. I think it was the album called Roller Coaster. It came out in about 93 time. And like the album died on its ass, the single died on its ass. They were basically without a record deal. The there wasn't like in ninety four, ninety five, like there wasn't everything but the girl, right? Tracy Thorne was off doing stuff with Massive Attack. I think Ben um at the time was really ill. Because they were married that um I don't know if they're still married. They were certainly married at the time. Yeah. Um and then obviously like this 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 Italian house producer, uh Todd Terry heard this song and basically did like an illegal bootleg remix of it that all of a sudden you know he was playing it in clubs in Italy and stuff and it kind of spread like wildfire through fucking Europe you know this this bootleg illegal bootleg remix of a song by a band that didn't even exist anymore didn't even have a record deal there was nothing and and then they essentially their old record label kind of re-signed them again after this song just it was like fucking wildfire that song was it it was the summer of 95 i think missing i'm sure it was 95 i feel like it was i've said i've written down 94 uh, I, but, um but but, 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 like, gonna, but it was it was I'm gonna I mean, double that check. song it was mad it 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 didn't get to number 1 but that song was fucking inescapable that song was on every radio station everywhere you know, the summer of Britpop, that was like one of the biggest songs of the year. Yeah, so it was initially released on the 8th of August, 1994. Yeah. And then the Todd Terry remix was yeah. released on the 16th of October, 1995. 1995. So just prior yeah. to, yeah. like you say, the yeah. summer of Britpop. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I, there may be some um, younger people out there who don't remember the song or don't know what we're talking They'll about. They all know the them. song, though. If, if you can think of a big hit, any big hit, at that point, it was comparable. Like it was fucking massive. Was that huge. song wasn't it? Yeah. So huge, and they became like, I did it win like. I mean, it was, they certainly got nominated for a load of Brits in the yeah, they did, yeah. That, and they were yeah. they were just back, weren't they? Like, yeah, they were huge. Them, was, they were huge, and then they, they, followed, they followed that up with the Walking Wounded album, which which mm-hmm. very much kind of brought in that complete change of sound for them really it was going to, you know like downbeat almost minimalist electro there was a little bit of drum and bass in there a little bit of the kind of sort of goldy kind of stuff and and i i, I bought i bought walking Wood and i thought it was i think it's i still think it's a fucking amazing album it's a great album the title track's unbelievable i'm gonna say now this is actually the first everything but the girl album that i've listened to in oh, its wow, entirety okay. Okay. okay because i kind of remembered them from the 80s being sort of you know played waistcoats and um or like you know kind of flowery waistcoats and acoustic yeah. guitars and yeah. 
what an early adopter of the man bun if i remember <laughs> i think yeah. Uh, yeah. ben yeah. what was and um yeah. i uh and i just was like they're fucking chances aren't they jumping someone's remixed one of their songs and now they're fucking chances so i didn't really give them that much time i did think missing was great but i was like well someone else has remixed one of your songs and it's yeah. wicked yeah. but i'm not sure i feel like maybe you're just sort of jumping on the back you know like i i never doubted that you know, he said, you know, like I said, Tracy Thorne worked with fucking Massive Attack. So I wasn't yeah. going to be like, oh, she's rubbish or whatever. But I was a bit like, mm, this feels like maybe like you've just gone, oh shit, uh, we better do that then. So I didn't really give it that much time. Um, but I have to say, going on to this record, mm. obviously 20, here we are 24 years later, kind of yeah. recounting the history of, of every uh, everything but the girl. Um, this being the first album there that I've gone through in its entirety, uh, an album which uh, was kind of, you know, another one of those sort of lockdown albums, um, improvised piano ballads recorded on Ben Watt's phone, kind of mm. adapted into this thing. Uh, I am hugely impressed with this. Oh, I think this it record great, isn't it? is, great. is really good, man. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I mean, so to give you a sort of heads up, you listening, um, don't mean to be snide about Enter Shikari. Obviously, like it's another one of those things where, oh, your fans are annoying. They're not annoying. They seem like lovely guys, the guys in Enter Shikari. Um, I've never really, I think, as I said before, particularly been a fan. I think a couple of songs that I quite like. Uh, my initial reaction the other week was like, oh, well, we'll review Enter Shikari. Uh, and I gave it a listen and I just thought, I. I just don't, I sort of said I wasn't going to review it because I don't want to be negative about stuff. But I just was like, uh, and I thought, oh, everything that the girl got an album out, I'll put that on. And first, halfway through the first playthrough, I was like, well, if it comes down to which one we talk about, it's not even a conversation. You know, it's a, well, it is a conversation. It's a conversation between you and I, where I go, do you want to do Enter Shikari and everything but the girl or just everything but the girl? Everything and but the girl, went, please. Just everything yeah. but the girl. Um, so, because this is, just a really really interesting cool updated version of that kind of 90s i guess post todd terry everything but the girl yeah. sound yeah um that kind of slightly trip hop mixed with more kind of modern -y feeling stuff mm. i think you get the song that kicks it off nothing less to lose is mm. this amazing shuffle like kind of shuffling early dubstep but with yeah. tracy thorne's voice is really rich and deep mm. and it carries along mm. and he just it just feels nice and then i think they yeah. i think what's cool about a lot of this record is that you would think you do something and then like we talked about the national start yeah. really quiet and then you go up a little bit mm. well everything the girls seem to seem to do the opposite here like this <laughs> yeah. the layers get kind of peeled away yeah. that kind of the more you go into it and then they'll add something to it or do something different but you're kind of peeling stuff away and i think when you start from a place of very, you know, very quiet to have the kind of confidence to do that 24 years since you last released an album i i personally think that's that's really cool really cool yeah yeah it's um the kind of sounds especially on the first track um uh was it um nothing left to lose yeah. it, it's very much kind of a a continuation of that walking wounded i would say to you mate stick walking wounded on on your listening you, you, it's i will if you yeah. like this you'll love that album it's very much a continuation of that sound um but yeah like, like you said you know 
nothing left to do. The straight into yeah, run a red light. And the way it starts with that, it's so sparse, hauntingly sparse with that kind of just one piano, and it does sound like so it's recorded good. on a phone, mm. but it sounds fucking amazing. And Tracy Thorne's voice, man, she she's still got, I think, one of the most recognisable voices in pop music. I mean, it's a little deeper these days, a bit maybe rough around the edges, but, she, you know, she could fucking recite the telephone book and I'd be transfixed. I've always adored her voice. I think it's, I think it's just, it, it's incredible. And I, I, I love the kind of, the hoopla and the fuss that's been given over the fact that everything but the girl are back again. Six music have been all over them like a fucking rash, man. It's and it's yeah. it's been quite nice because I think six music's gone a bit to down the shitter over the past couple of years. But you know, this has kind of brought me back. You know, I'm still very much in mourning that they got rid of Sean Keaveney. I think oh, that was yeah. a, I, I think that was a wrong decision to fucking you know getting rid of Sean. I know we're going off topic here, but fuck it. Um, getting rid of Sean Keaveney. By, you know, this like, oh, he's a bit too old. Replacing him with a guy who's older than Sean Keaveney. Um, and, you know, I've got no issue with Craig Charles at all. I loved his soul and funk stuff. Mm. But he's not a daytime radio DJ for me. He's just not. It's... We're going to go off topic here, but what mm. I will say, Craig Charles played Ithaca in the middle of the day. True. I have got... I got nothing but love for Craig Charles. I was listening to Craig Charles um, about three days ago in the middle of the day, actually, because mm. obviously, like having to listen to a lot of music, you know, I try and listen to the radio when I can, and there are yeah, certain things that I want to listen to. Craig Charles' Funk and Soul Hour, absolutely fucking oh bangers, man, wall to wall bangers, bangers all over the place. And he yeah. played, he, he played something the other day where I was like, "Holy shit!" And then I think I turned it on, and it was something was on, and then something came on after it, and it was something really heavy. Like really, what the fuck was oh, it? Oh, was that on Bank Holiday Monday where they were doing that all day rage thing where they were like, it's like the one day of the year, like Six Music actually play heavy stuff. <laughs> no, I don't think it was actually. It was it was? I think it was. It's actually last. It might have been last Friday actually. So it might have been a week since you did. And because uh, they had, it was the twentieth anniversary of Elephant by the White Stripes. Oh, nice. so they were playing a load of stuff from what the fuck was it i can't i genuinely can't remember now my head has gone completely blank but they played something in between a bunch of white stripe songs and they had people like talking about how the album was recorded and it was really really good mm. and they played something where i was like holy shit they're playing like was it fucking corn or something it was something from around that era um but i can't <laughs> remember <laughs> I can't rem- yeah i can't remember what it was though anyway yes but yeah they've been playing everything but the girl on six music yeah, a fair yeah, bit you know, yes it's been it, um I know it's just it, it was just nice to see that they were kind of like welcomed back like you know conquering heroes um, and I thought there's just such a kind of beautiful almost like world weariness to this album and you know like the bass line and, and like the dubstep beats again going back to like to nothing left to lose you know they kind of you know they've got, they're the sort of people that kind of like soak in all this stuff that's kind of happening. I think when you're that deeply entrenched in like electronic music and stuff, um, it's yeah, like hundred reasons. It's kind of it's a it's a comeback album. I I didn't I didn't expect. I didn't even know they were releasing anything new or going to be releasing something new. And it's 
it's fucking wonderful. It is. And uh, like, like, uh, like the track. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sort of go track by track, but like, you know, no one knows we're dancing. It's it's pure Giorgio Ramoda. Love that, yeah. Moroda, not Ramoda. Moroda, yeah. yeah it's because uh, um, you know, with those kind of keyboard stabs and stuff, and it's yeah, it's it it it, it reminds me of like I said, it's it, I think this is a it's a proper companion piece to Walking Walking Wounded, but it sounds so fresh i think in 2023 to kind of hear something that's so fucking minimal and electro but and there's so much space in it there's so much space and, and and tracy thorne's voice on 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 the top of it it's just yeah it's it, i think it's this is a real essential release i and a lot lo, and, and and along with um with therapy and hundred reasons like, this is definitely in the shout for my end of year top 10 i think this is it's it it's genuinely wonderful and it's yeah in, in a year full of kind of comeback records and stuff this this is absolutely wonderful to my ears mm. and i've listened to this one so much over the past week or so yeah it's it's it, yeah it's 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 bloody wonderful and it's it's kind of a shame because i think they've said you know they're not interested in doing gigs or anything and stuff like that. it's kind of a shame but you know i respect them man you know that's not where, where they're at anymore. This was kind of it's, a labour of love for them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think. Uh, I mean, it doesn't feel like something you particularly even need to see. I think it'd be quite cool to see live, but it wouldn't be yeah. like, uh, yeah. Uh, I can see why they would be like, ah, we don't need to post stuff live because no. it's almost like it's so delicate. I mean, there's actually there's funnily enough. Speaking of not playing live, there's two, there's three songs that I want to mention. We're not going to do the track for track, but there's three songs I want to point out mm. to kind of to, to kind of back up a point you made about how soaking things up and doing things that are kind of what you used to do, but also bringing in these other elements that weren't there previously. Caution to the wind reminds me; it's got a touch yeah. of John Car, got a touch of John Carpenter to it, but yeah. by way of like yeah. Carl Cox, it builds really slow. Yeah. Um, has almost this kind of chug to throb to stomp bass beat and i thought the transition that to that was just like oh this is this is class this isn't just changing how fast you're going you're changing the the tonality and the feel of how that with the same beat throughout it's fucking that was great um no one knows the dancing is really good I, yeah. I do agree with that um i thought there was uh the song lost has yeah. got a kind of a lot of like ex the lyrically like it's got this kind of existentialist dread to it that i thought like missing had that right yeah. you couldn't you couldn't yeah. not feel the kind of existential like the kind of the grayness kind of pushing you down on that and yeah. i know that makes it sound yeah. quite depressing but it's kind of not as well it's actually you know like andy Cairns was saying yesterday, last week on the show, when he was yeah. talking about this in the Joy Division, so you actually feel quite yeah. kind of cleansed and uplifted yeah. by it. Yeah. I think they have that. But the song for me that I was like, okay, this band are back doing something. They're not just, again, like phone it in, taking a paycheck. When You Mess Up, I think yeah. is fucking amazing. It's got a bit of that Spirit of Eden thing. By talk yeah, talk, yeah. Like kind of talk, talk. Shout. Loads of kind of the rumbling beats and the piano, but like you say, the space between it. And that's why I think I can understand, a bit like Mark Collis going, I can't recreate this live. I can oh. see how they wouldn't do that. It's also 
got one of the most interesting uses of the vocoder and that kind of pitch harm you know that yeah that that, that i've you know you wouldn't expect an 80s stroke 90s band coming back after 24 years to yeah. experiment with that kind of voice modulation thing that so many mm. pop artists true it's not as pro prevalent as it was in the kind of 2010s i don't think but it's still kind of a thing that people do and they use it in a really interesting way in a similar way to weird comparison but the way that till did on the last ramstein album you wouldn't yeah. have expected to hear ramstein using that no. and yet they did yeah. um and so for me yeah i was genuinely quite surprised and shocked at how good this is it's legit mm. really fucking cool it's great it's great mm. really 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 good so there you go fuse by everything but the girl is out now it's been out for a couple of weeks so go and mm. have a listen let's move on to an album which isn't actually out for another week it's not out for another week or so yet uh but i thought i'd bring it in because i wanted to mix things up as much as possible and going from everything but the girl and their minimalist uh electro sophisti pop to cattle decapitation parasite <laughs> uh the ninth yeah. studio album from the san diego grind turned death metal icon so follow up to 2019's hugely hugely critically adored death atlas album um mm. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Cattle Decapitation. Very, very good band. The Anthropocene Extinction from 2014 in particular really blew my skirt up, I think, as certain people say. Um, and then I've gone back to some of their other albums which I think are great as well. They have a lot of very gruesome Im imagery as a band called Cattle Decapitation <laughs> should probably have. Um, but I think what sets them apart from a lot of those death metal bands is they have a real sense of purpose. And in Travis Ryan, they have somebody in a metal band with a voice that is really unsettlingly horrible in <laughs> the best possible way. Uh, Gaz, you text me before we started recording and you went... I might have done. I, I don't know what I'm going to say about this. So do you have much to say about this? Well... This is so far out of my kind of wheelhouse. It's um, I've tried. I've tried. You know, really, really hard. I, you know, I'll never. I'll never say any kind of music. You know, any type of music that I don't kind of. I would never choose to listen to say, um, decapitation or you know, cannibal corpse and stuff. Does that mean I think it's shit? Fuck no, man the craft and skill and talent behind any kind of grindcore uh, I mean from, from, yeah, from, from what I understand cattle, cattle decapitation are so fucking revered in that field and I, I would say that you know I've listened to this album like three or four times now and it's it's, it's I mean yeah fuck me it's, it's unfathomably heavy it's ridiculous. Mm. It, 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 it's so heavy. It's it's beyond the point of just like laughing at it. You just just like it's so disorientating at times. The way it turns on a dime, and you know, there is light and shade in it. There is kind of nuances and stuff like that. I mean, you know, like um, the, the use of synthesizers and stuff like this, and and the way yeah. it goes to like from like 600 mile an hour i've never heard blast beats played like that i mean that fucking opening song is it we are young is it we are young the first song yeah 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 the yeah, um, 
the, uh, the well, certainly the first single, the eat, first song was, you yeah, know, that was released we off the album. Young. Yeah, yeah, we are young. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, chill out, mate. We've all had a drink. <laughs> no, you I mean, always oh, oh, so angry. Yeah, uh, class, but, classic, like title of a, a cat decapitation song. Yeah, right? you know, um, you know, the, the lyrics like, you know, we've up the ante as the most invasive species of life that ever shat on this earth, that learned to shit in its hearth, that ever bore living birth. Anything else that rhymes with that? <laughs> that taught its offspring to drive its own hearse. Yeah. Doesn't really rhyme, but okay. You know, straight into the dirt. Well, that doesn't rhyme at all, but I'll give you that. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they, you know, there's some serious fucking messages being put forward in this album and stuff and you know dare we say kind of political and uh but yeah well you know there, you... There, there, there's 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 tons of kind of you know shifts of moods and it's a lot i'm not kind of said it before but it's, it's a hell of a lot more varied than i thought it was gonna be because i've this you know hand on heart like you're saying about everything but the girl a little bit different but you know this this is the first cattle decapitation album i've ever listened to Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst you're hell of a lot more kind of educated to you know give a much more of a succinct and professional opinion than I ever could on this style of music um, I can understand why they're kind of revered as much as say you know Cannibal Corpse and the kind of legends and stuff like that. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's not me. So, will I be returning to it? No. Am I, I, am I glad that I've had to listen to it? Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's been a while since I've, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 45. You know, I'm an old twat. It's been a while since I've been scared by something. That's music. It's been a while. It's been a many fucking years. And this did it, did it? Yeah, this generally was like I was just like, "Fuck, what? Who? Shit!" You know, um, I was kind of I was listening to it in the van initially. I had to turn it off because it was just like you can't drive a big fucking yellow van and listen to that. I'm sorry, you just can't. It's just physically impossible. I was still, I tried, man. <laughs> I, I, you know, fucking nearly ended up oh, in a mate. field and a dike. <laughs> you know, I was just like, no, no, this, no, I need to, you know. And then I thought, okay, I'll pull over and listen to it while I'm eating my sandwiches. Don't, don't work, eat mate. sandwiches. You, yeah. Like ham ham no, sandwiches. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, no, it was, no. it was kind of making me feel a bit nauseous and sick. Mm. <laughs> It sounds so, uh, to me like it did exactly what it wanted to do in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a Ron Seal album. I think it intended mm. to do exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, over to you, Stephen Hill, with a much more kind of educated, <laughs> opinionated, you know, you're the metal guy. I think out of us two, you're definitely the metal guy. Cool. It doesn't Sophist- paint a very so- good picture, so- mate. Can we, can we call it Sophista Grind? <laughs> <laughs> we probably could to be fair i think I that's mean, quite valid i mean look i i got into cattle decapitation it was 2015 actually that the anthropocene extinction came out because i remember it 
I'll talk about it on that summer. I've got my own, and my albums of the year. Uh, so I was bang into it. I was really like, you know, I was really up for it. And I think, you know, um, that was probably the first one that I was proper like bang into. I remember Monolith of Inhumanity coming out in 2012. Listened yeah. to that a fair bit and I really like that. Going back to stuff like, you know, uh, Humunua, however you fucking say it, I was like, oh, I did, this, this, is a, this is a bit of me, this. This is good, particularly at that particular time. But yeah. then, you know, I, I I think I really enjoyed charting the kind of rise and evolution of cattle decapitation. And there has yeah. been one, you know, there definitely, definitely has been one. Yeah. But saying that, so good was the Anthropocene extinction when it came out. And four years later, I was very, very excited to hear Death Atlas. And particularly yeah. when people are going, oh my God, it's yeah, that's, incredible. That's the one that everyone's like, that's like the, the pinnacle. A lot of people say that's like their kind of greatest achievement or one of the greatest grindcore albums ever. And, mm. you know. Now, I felt like I got a bit fatigued. I don't know if it's just the, the wrong time or whatever, but I felt pretty fatigued by Death Atlas. I felt like I'd kind of heard that. It was probably, it was like, it was a bit like... Like I spoke about Lamb of God a few times recently, right? And there's not, not been anything wrong with the last couple of Lamb of God albums. But I just think to myself, like, how much more Lamb of God can you be than you already are? Yeah. And that was sort yeah. of a problem. Um, and I felt like Cattle Decapitation had kind of reached, kind of, had kind of reached peak Cattle Decapitation by the time we got to Death Atlas. It wasn't a bad album. It just did a bunch of stuff, which I thought, well, I sort of feel like I've heard this before. Having said that, I was probably listening to a lot more of this stuff at the time. I've probably only really listened to one or two other death metal albums this year, which meant this was a very satisfying listen for me. Um, it goes hard. I mean, mm -hmm. they go really, really, really hard. Like you say, we are young. That's banging. And that brings a bit of that classic kind of grindcore pace because they kind of, you know, like you say, there's dynamics and there's shifts in direction and there's changes of pace and stuff. And they've been doing that for, you know, well, well, well over a decade now, right? But I think, you know, the, the albums like this, when we talk about, you know, the national, right? The national album succeeds and fails on the strength of its songwriting and its songs and yeah. therapy as well. I think everything we've done so far, yeah. I think everything but the girl you could look at and go, well, you know, th that could kind of get by as a, just a purely kind of mood minimalist piece. And mm. that could almost sit at one end of the seesaw while this sits at the other, because the thing about death metal is I don't really think, and extreme metal in general, like there's a very finite amount of bands who can write like good songs. I don't think metal's like I've said it before. I don't think metal's really a kind of a place where good songwriters go to 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 hone their craft. All right, you know, like the the yeah. it, it's just like can you find the thing that grabs hold of you and yeah. can you find that intensity to kind of keep my attention through all the shit that's going on? And there's fucking mad shit going on this record. The chug after this grinding start. Uh, on the song The Insignificance I think is yeah. amazing and yeah. then there's it's like when Travis comes in with that weird like kind of he's got that kind of almost like gremlin voice that he does it's killer and there's a proper like it's funny you mentioned Cannibal Corpse I think there's a bit where they just go meat and potatoes Cannibal Corpse rips, riff slap that in the middle and it just sort of keeps you guessing a bit um, mm. uh, there's a song called And the World Will Go On Without You which is just so horrible 
and there's a bit in the middle of that where it goes double time at something which is already going double time double time yeah it is like quadruple yeah. time it's yeah. fucking crazy you know there's some there's some utterly pummeling bits in it a, a photic doom when they go a billion miles an hour just absolutely pummeling like and not for the entire thing but enough to make you go like oh bloody hell and to give them credit um the starting bit where at the end of there's a, there's a song called dead end residence uh, and he kind of comes and goes welcome to the new world and mm-hmm. then he goes mad and then there's a bit where he goes the residents are here and it just it's like a it's a fucking hook and then it all just cuts out and then goes yeah. again and that you go okay that's that's an actual hook like fair play to you yeah. decapitation you've written yeah. a hook yeah you've done an actual hook yeah. you've done you've beaten the shit i mean you haven't let let the intensity drop one mm. iota but you kept a hook mm. as well and you know and sometimes they just batter you i mean to be um sos sos Dangela, gia i think is wicked as well so far so hard you know so big the drums are so relentless and the rhythms are just weird i mean it goes to kind of it does with grindcore pace the kind of tech thing that somebody like carbon or frontier might do but yeah. with that kind of death metal, you know, pace up like, and then at the end, just another body, the last song. I don't think that needs to be ten minutes long. No, and they do do the thing where they're like, "Oh, we'll add in some melodic vocals here." Got a bit of the Pete Steele about it. I thought it sounds a bit like Pete yeah. Steele. It almost goes into yeah. kind of like a kind of weird type of negative thing, and it, you yeah. think like, "Well, at least they are doing that." Yeah, you still got that kind of squill, but it also has that melodic thing as well. So fine. Quite a cool way to end the album. Mm. Definitely too long. Yeah. I actually really like this. I wasn't even that keen on Death Atlas. Maybe it was just fatigue. Maybe I need to go back to it. I know everyone went mad for it, so I, yeah. I am aware that I'm in the minority. But this has really scratched an itch for me. I probably wouldn't have bothered bringing it in unless I thought it was really good. Mm. And I have to say, I do think this is really good. So I've now gone back to being like, oh, fucking cattle decapitation are great i i like this quite a lot probably a lot i got it and i was like oh cool new cattle decapitation but i'm probably not going to expect too much um because maybe i'm just in a different place but i thought fuck it i'll try it whacked it on and i was like fuck me this is brutal and the more i listen to it the more i like it which is a great sign i think Mm. Yeah, so there you so. so so there you go. Uh, it's out next week if you listen to this podcast. The day that it comes out, uh, that would be the twelfth of May, the day before the wedding mm. that we have to go to. Me and Gas. Uh, anyway, that's uh, Terrorite by Cattle Decapitation. It's a different wedding than two of us are going to. We've already been through this. Don't have time to really yeah. go into it again, do we? Uh, <laughs> let's it again, <laughs> mate. Let's go. <laughs> it's not going to make the train strikes go away if we keep it's talking not, about it. By the way, it, right? if, if Mick Lynch is listening, call you, call off your boys. All right, call them off. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I, I, I will, st- I will firmly always stand with the RMT until it gets in the way of me having fun. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah. Right, last one. <laughs> Pet Shop Boys lost a new quote unquote EP from the legendary legends of synth pop legend the pet shop boys not proper new because it is basically like a kind of load of old stuff they decided to now record and put out so it is new but it's kind of not new um i've spoken about pet shop boys quite a lot uh obviously there's that cliche that all music journalists like elvis costello talking heads 
and Pet Shop Boys. I think that's something. So, and, and Bruce Springsteen was the other one. I think someone said. And obviously, yeah. I I do conform to that cliche pretty universally, but <laughs> particularly when it comes to the Pet Shop Boys. So um, I'll let you tell us about your relationship with the band Gaz before I get into it. Well, Pet big. I I don't know if it was because of the age I was and we were we were talking about like the kind of tail end of the 80s earlier on in terms of it being like the golden era of like pop music and being obviously that was the time when when Pet Shop Boys were like legit I mean they've always been big but I think that was like the time that was the era where they were like they were legit huge one of the biggest bands in the world let alone this country and I mean you know that that kind of you know, I've, I've just like got their like singles, like the top forty. That, that run, man, it's 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 outrageous. Like you got, uh, you know, start from eighty seven, man. You know, it's mm. a sin. What have I done to deserve this? Rent always on my mind. Heart domino dancing. Left on my own devices. It's all right. So hard being boring. Fuck me. It's outrageous. It's fucking outrageous. You know, I, I, you know, heart. Can for I me, just say, by the way, you, you is, you've you've actually yeah. missed out. West End Girls, Opportunities, Love Comes Quickly in Suburbia before you even get to it. To yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah, yeah. madness, isn't it? Yeah, I know, it's madness. madness. Yeah, exactly. I thought, I, I, was, like, I was like, yeah, okay, I started at the top. I thought, you know, I started like 87 when I first sort of became more like aware of them and stuff. Um, I mean, Heart for me, Heart is my favourite Pet Shop Boy song. <laughs> the video, the video so to Heart, right, used to give me fucking nightmares. Really? Yeah, Why? do you remember the video to it? Uh, yeah, it's. Or do I actually? I can't remember if I do it. No, go on, refresh my memory. It's, it's I feel like I've like, seen you know, it. It's Neil Tennant's wedding day. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, what's his name from Harry Potter plays like Dracula. Um, what's his name? Oh, uh, I've not seen Harry the wizard. Potter, you know, it, the wizard boss man, uh, uh, Shakespearean actor. Um, not Gambon. Is it Gambon? Not Gambon. Michael Gambon. Is or is it, it the other one? I don't. Who's the I other? Who's the other old git? Shakespearean <laughs> actor, the gay one. Uh, um, Ian McKellen. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, Ian McKellen plays at Dracula, and I, I, I had to sleep. I, I had to sleep with the lights on, honestly. Right for fucking months. Yet again, I'm using True Cult Pop as a therapy session for my early <laughs> life. Right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> no worries. Um, mate. But you know, you don't cost fifteen pounds an hour, so it's all right. Um, yeah, d- d- quid a month, mate. Quite, quid a month yeah, is all you have to quid pay. A month, quid a month, quid a month. Money well spent, mate. Money well spent. <laughs> but yeah, like, like they were one of those bands, man. That was absolutely omnipresent, and like, I, I only went off them in quite a big way, really. Like when Go West got big, I was like, no, this is shit. Mm. Video looks shit. And I remember a good friend of mine um, buying the album. But was it Very? I think it was called. Very, it was like yeah. it was in that weird kind of orange Lego brick. Fucking, fucking... piece of shit! That yeah, remember that? ridiculous right? pain in the ass. I, I I always thought the album was rubbish. And, and, and like when when Dave and Krista did it on Pop Club and Listen last year, mm. I was like, yeah, good. I'm I'm glad that you know I was 14 or something. I'm glad that at the time I thought it was shit, and it's it is still a bit shit. 
It's um, a shame that that's the one they had to do, really, isn't it? Because you know, when yeah, you go, because they had you, so many were to amazing go back, fucking yeah. They, it, yeah, I mean, behavior only got to number two. Yeah, I know. Which, um, which but like you know, and, and there was the album after that. Was it um, bilingual? It's called the one that yeah, the one that had Servida A. Yeah, which I was just like, nah, rubbish. But I, I, I did like the bilingual title track, single bilingual. That was really good. But yeah. This is actually like what you were saying about everything but the girl. Um, this is the first kind of thing I've listened to in full from the Pet Shop Boys since fucking 1995. Do you know what? On the whole, I think this is pretty fucking good. I think I'm not a massive fan of the, the, the final track. But I think on the whole, like Kaputnik, Kaputnik's fucking, it's pure craft work, man. It's amazing. Kaputnik is the best song. Oh, yeah. Let's just say it. It's yeah, the no, best it's, song it comfortably yeah. from this EP. Like, yeah, it's com- wonderful. It reminds wonderful. me of, um, of, uh, of Paninero 95. Like for me, right, yeah. sorry to jump in. Um, right. I did actually ask you to, to tell, talk and you, you have and you're right to do that. But um, to jump in, um, I think... I agree with you with stuff like Go West. I think yeah. Go West is, you know, is they're better than that. Like obviously they're better than that, but they're yeah. they're they're considerably yeah. better than that. I should yeah, say, are. Pet Shop Boys, they like are. considerably. Better what was the other that. single off the album? Can you can you forgive her? That was all right. I think that's quite good. And actually, like yeah. if you go through the, the the stuff that they've released. Uh, in the aftermath of that to go back to singles really quickly I was about to make a point and I've just not done that I think there are actually a few I mean well I was going to say Paninero 95 is a ludicrous single absolutely ludicrous single right completely but I quite like it you know it it was just a kind of non-album single and the B-side was their live version of Girls and Boys by Blur which I've I don't never know if heard that. Heard, but it's I need to hear that. Brilliant! It's really? fucking brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Like, they turn it into like a gay the, anthem, basically. That, yeah, yeah. Like they they do the thing with that. Um, yeah. But Paninero, wonderful, is so like aware of its own kind of. It's so po faced, but so aware of its own kind of inherent ludicrousness that I yeah. love that they play it straight. It's when they do go west and it gets a bit camp yeah. like they need to i think petrol boys are there absolutely they are the best when they play it completely straight and i yeah, think definitely. like yeah. like you say you know kaputnik plays it so straight but it is fucking yeah. it's ridiculous but they play it so straight and it's it's great i mean i think it is sandwiched in between the two weakest songs i think skeletons in the closet and living in the past you're right living in the past is yeah. all right you know like it's not yeah. one of their best ballads i wouldn't say i think skeletons in the closet to me feels a bit too much like the sort of that kind of meh 90s stuff that was quite throwaway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think the first two are pretty good. I think the Lost Room is... Yeah, Lost Room's great. Is good. I really like um, it. It's got that kind of clean, spacious sound, I think is a, a mark of, you know, what they do, their kind of classic sound. I think I Will Fall is, is probably my second favourite one. Got mm. that kind of disco throb. Again, I think if they do that kind of carpenter craft work thing. And yeah, Neil yeah. Tennant just, I mean, the thing about Neil Tennant is, is that I don't really know if he's a actually good singer or not. Because Doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter, doesn't does matter. it? Because he's just no. got such a fucking recognisable voice. No one, no, no one narrates a song like Neil Tennant. Everyone mm. could do Neil Tennant impressions. Mm. You know, we all can. Go you on know, then. If, if, when, why, what, how much have you got? Yeah. There you go. Eh? I talked for hours and told you, what have I? What have I? What have I done to deserve this? Yeah. That sounds like a shit Doctor Evil. Sorry. What mate. What have I done to deserve this, Scott? So I can't do Doctor Evil. <laughs> oh, brilliant! But, <laughs> um, I've got but, the brains. You've you, got the look. Let's make yeah, lots of money. money. Yeah, <laughs> money. See, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. All my impressions are fucking yeah. George from Rainbow, yeah, and Doctor Evil, yeah, <laughs> La, not La, Tim from Rancid, and for, like yeah. I, I, I can't, I, this is why, this is why I never made it to be like Alistair McGowan or anything because I was doing things from, hey, who remembers fucking? I don't believe it. Yeah, like, don't believe- <laughs> <laughs> so I, all right, mate, fuck me. Well, just, Justin just- Bieber? No, I can't. Brilliant. Just picking up random little dogs in the street. Four two nine one. Four two nine one. Yeah. So that's that's why I've not made the big butts as an impressionist because I just honed loads of impressions from between nineteen eighty six and nineteen ninety four. Brilliant quality. Anyway, <laughs> I've got to say, I mean, you know, I I, I, I I when I was younger, I think probably probably for I don't know. Probably for a couple of years, I think, until basically I went to secondary school and I kind of discovered the Stone Roses and Guns and Roses and stuff like that. You know, Pet Shop Boys were genuinely, genuinely one of my favourite bands. Hmm. And you, that that initial run of, I was saying initial, fucking hell, like the first 15 first fucking four. singles they released. And first four, I mean, you, you know, know, like, first four albums, isn't first, it? First four, yeah, wonderful, absolutely wonderful, 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 wonderful. But, you know, and and in and in 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 regards to like always on my mind, one of the greatest covers of all time, mm. T- turning an Elvis ballad into a fucking stadium rock anthem. I've got to say, right? How rad would it be that I I'd love to see like Pet Shop Boys do like the the Sunday afternoon legend set at Glastonbury? Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, obviously they headlined the other stage uh, last yeah. year. I mean, that yeah, as a clash. Is. I remember looking yeah. at that clash and being like, fucking hell. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar, yeah. Pet Shop Boys, yeah. Charlie XCX, yeah. and yeah. I think it was, who was the other, who was someone else was, I think it was Megan Thee Stallion as well, which I was less like, yeah, about really. But like, but I do remember thinking like, I just uh, want to be there to make that choice. I mean, obviously I, I like Charlie XCX, but I probably would yeah. prioritize Kendrick or Pet Shop. But Kendrick or and Pet Shop Boys, yeah, as a clash. I remember just thinking like that looks like that's my idea of hell, having to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, and because uh, you know this this EP was it accompanies was it like a lavishly was it when I was like coffee table kind of overpriced coffee table books that are about two hundred quid or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. It, you know it's a it is a bit of a kind of you know a little extra throwaway put something thing. out with yeah 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 which is fine yeah you know um but obviously it's the first time really uh we, we've had a chance to review new pet shop boys music but i think it's you know it's no, a, I, yeah they know where their bread i mean you go and see them they know where their bread is buttered right 
And you're not going to hear any of these songs live, you know. I'd love to hear Kaputnik live, but it ain't going to fucking happen. Let's be absolutely honest about this. I wouldn't have thought but so. It's no. been what's 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 been nice about it. What's been nice about it is um, it's it's got me listening to the Pet Shop Boys again for the first time in a while. I kind of rediscovered them again, you know. Granted, it was I listened to, I listened to this a couple of times. I was like, yeah, this is really good. You know, Kaputnik's fucking amazing. Mm. But then I I. You know, go onto iTunes and I put I put the what was that OG greatest hits called? Is it um Dis- it's called uh, discography? Discography, yeah. The one that came out about ninety one, yeah. yeah. And it's it's fucking it is faultless. It is faultless pop, and it's so they did a certain kind of pop that I call I I call it stadium pop. It sounds like a fucking rock band. Those songs are produced like fucking Bon Jovi or something. They're fuck. They are so big. Mm. You listen, even like now, right? Always on my mind. It sounds so huge. When mm. so much kind of eighties pop, as much as I adore it, so much of it, a lot of it sounds dated to fuck. Pet Shop Boys stuff still sounds fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it really, yeah, I mean, really does. And you know, um. Here we go. Talking talking about the nineties. Do, do you remember their cameo in Neighbours? Yes, I do. And it's the <laughs> only time that uh, Chris Lowe has ever spoken. In yeah, yeah, in his life. In his life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knew? And then you watch that clip of yeah, Neighbours and you go, being... "Oh, that's that's why he never says anything." Oh, I see. That's why. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get behind your bank of um, keyboards again, Chris. You're all right, mate. It, yeah. I mean, mate. I think like. To go kind of to kind of close up on this EP, that thing we said at the start when we were talking about therapy, where you go, well, if you get a couple of things from any new release, fine. I mean, I would be quite happy. Obviously, yeah. Pet Shop Boys are playing, and I'm quite tempted now. I've thought about because I was like, oh, well, I saw them last year. I might not go. You know, they're playing. They're playing Brighton on the 26th of June. Uh, they're playing London, nice. uh, Wembley Arena on the Saturday the 17th of June. And I think it's, again, mm. it's the kind of, they're, they're doing the greatest hits thing while they're there. Uh, on the, yeah. They're carrying on that kind yeah. of greatest hits tour. And it was so fucking amazing last year. And you just think to yourself, like, well, we'll I have a chance I to bet. see these songs again. And if they did chuck in, like I say, if they did mm. chuck in Kaputnik, Instead of you know, mm. say I love you today, I love you. Like I could oh, do with it. I don't yeah. don't Ugh. don't need that. I don't dislike it particularly. Don't need it. Obviously, they're not going to drop Go West. Although Go West, like when they play it live, is fun. To be fair, you get in there and you go like, fuck it. I'm here now, aren't I? I'm get. I'm in, in for a penny, in for yeah. pounds. It's fun. But I I was with you. I was always a bit like. I was always a bit like. Eh, it's a bit yeah. of a kind of climb down yeah. from fucking Domino dancing or yeah, you know, like. Yeah, suburbia or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's so, a sin, suburbia. Yeah, yeah being mm. boring. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but you know, if they chuck one of these in, I think this is decent enough. And most, I mean, yeah. you know, I I do love Pet Shop Boys. I can't say, yeah. looking at their entire back catalogue, that I can even really tell you much. I mean, post sort of nightlife, there's a bunch yeah. of stuff that I've just probably not even listen to I, like yeah I, I chat i checked out before then to be honest you know yeah. but i'm fine you know but the stuff i do know i hold it in such kind of reverence as in like mm. top tier top tier as in like some of the greatest pop songs ever written i mean ever oh, i do I, genuinely think that yeah completely you agree. know 
uh, when the, um, you know when when you're eight, your stuff is that fucking strong. I, you know, I, I, to be honest, like I said, you know, um, I listened to this, you know, the lost, uh, the lost EP. I was like, hey, Pet Shop Boys, my quality, and right, you know, I went straight into Apple Music, and right, rather than me going, oh yeah, why don't I check out some of this shit that I've never listened to before? No, I went straight back and listened to Heart, It's a Sin, Suburbia, Being Boring, West End, Fucking Girls, and and it was just like, and it sounded, and I was just like, yeah, fucking. Wonderful, just wonder, wonderful, wonderful pop music. Fucking one of the best bands, one of the best bands. Not yeah. obviously their finest moment, but a five-track throwaway EP. You wouldn't expect it to be. Saying no. that though, it is no. decent. It's a proper six out of ten. One really great yeah. track, two decent tracks, and two yeah. ho hum tracks on it. I would say you'd take that. You'd take that all day long. So there you go. That is lost by the Pet Shop Boys. Um, there you go cheers for coming on Gaz much appreciated good luck with the podcast we'll have you back very very soon I'm sure maybe hear from you uh, when we start doing the old permission to land Mm. on the classic album patreon.com forward slash true cop pop we'll be bringing you that permission land podcast and all the other things I mentioned at the start of the show as well next week Sam is going to be back Um, we'll plan a road trip hey why don't we plan a road trip to go and see the Pet Shop Boys at Wembley the three of us Hold hands, I'm back jump up, up and down. I might look. Yeah, at, I'm. I'm going to look into that now. That's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to leave you uh, to get on with your evening, and I'm going to leave you guys to get on with your lives. So, thanks very much for listening, folks. Much appreciated. We'll see you next week, or we'll, you'll hear from us next week. Anyway, nice one. Cheers, guys. See you later, buddy. Cheers, mate. Later. Bye. Bye.